Bad snap. Bobble. Oh, Scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good Sunday morning, East Lansing. Welcome back to the Green and White Report, September 1st edition. Somehow it's September. Couldn't tell you how, but it is. Brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM. Got to do it right away. Julian Mitchell, welcome back. Woo! Feels good to be back. I was getting hyped listening to that intro song. It's It's been a hot minute. Makes you feel some type of way, doesn't it? It makes me feel good, man. This is this is it. I know. It's our, our, our last swan song. Ryan Rabinowitz, Julian Mitchell here with you. Hikaru Kudo behind the glass. Carson Hathaway on the updates today. Uh, it's good to have you back, man. Not that No disrespect to Collins. No, no disrespect to Trent because they're great guys, but it's just not the same. It's not. I appreciate it. I pre- those boys do a really good job, and I I appreciate them filling in when I can't be here. But you're right. It's some, it's some different about me and you sitting hits, in the studio. It hits different. It hits different, as the kids say. It hits different. Yeah, I was. I, I told, I said last week, it takes two to, to fill your spot. For me, it's pretty easy. Just you, you throw someone on here and whatever in your role. But That's Julian not true. Mitchell, That's not true. I feel like we've made it seem easy because there's like eight different Ryans that we have on Impact's I know. team. No but one like, knows. No one even knows what I am. It, take, it takes a lot to fill your shoes. It really does. It really does. Well, since you're back, I have some big news for you. If you don't mind me sharing, can Go I ahead. break the news? Yeah, I, I yeah. just wanted, I, I, I need you to get a little excited here. Ready for okay, this? Okay, I'm excited. All right, what do you got? What do you the got? Green and White Report. Drum roll. Starting today and every Sunday for the rest of eternity, potentially, maybe. I don't know. That's <laughs> it, that's that's saying a lot. So I, I, don't, I can't guarantee that. We are now a two-hour show. Woo! Whoa. Air 11 horns. to 1. 11 to it. 1. You better buckle in here because I was thinking today, like, I might need, like, an Egg McMuffin break halfway through. Yeah. I I sh- don't know I'm, I'm wearing a diaper it. just in case. Are you really? Yeah. I should start doing that. Yeah. I'm, I got... a, I'm, no, I'm notorious for having to use the restroom, like, halfway during the show. I tell yeah. you, I'm like, dude, I got, if I don't go pee, we're done. <laughs> we might have to cut the show early. 11 to 1, uh, different than our normal 11 to 12. So if you want to buckle up for that second hour, uh, a lot of great stuff coming there. That's cool. I, I, pre- I don't know who decides all that stuff i know hikaru was pushing for it our sports directors programming at the station we appreciate it i think we deserve two hours dang flab it we, we need deserve, it. yeah we talk way too much like we need two hours we yeah, get to one and we're like we have so much more to say and so much more to talk about we do we always need to include like an extra half hour when we just start rambling and, and talking about nonsense so that helps. That's where the two hours mainly helps. It's going to be nice for you guys to actually have segments and we're going to be able to do ideas and stuff. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that it's a permanent two-hour show. I'm bringing you McDonald's in a couple weeks. So Yeah, thank Woo-hoo! you. Okay, you know, I appreciate it. I'm getting old. Like I just can't. I wouldn't play, I played golf yesterday and you just come home and I just have to I pass out. Like My back is shot. So I think that my stamina might be an issue for the <laughs> two hours. But just like if like if we can get like a handful of Skittles in here at some point when I call for it, I'll be fine. Just be like Marshawn like Lynch on the sideline, yeah, just... or like Paul Blart. Like you know, that's a great scene when he eats the sucker <laughs> off the ground. That's that's phenomenal. Uh, that's the big news. Uh, when you when we were talking about it yesterday, and I saw in our in our notes that we had an exciting announcement. I thought like you like a car was like, oh yeah, you guys are getting paid now. Yeah, they tweeted, uh, Impact Sports account tweeted out, you know, big announcement for Green and White Report. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just assumed I took this for granted. I took two hours for granted. I thought he was going to come on like, hey, Julian and Ryan, you guys are getting paid 20 bucks an hour now. Like, oh, wow, sweet, amazing. Perfect. We're like, we're, we're sending you guys to Hawaii for the week, you know, but this is cool God, too. That I would guess. be so nice. Whatever. Ricardo, can we work on that? 
This is cool too. Can we ask whoever you you talk a lot about these people in programming, and I feel like they're just the Wizard of Oz sitting behind a green curtain. Yeah. Can we get them to like pay us? I would like money. Well, Julian's we'll go holding step out. Step at a time. Julian's holding out right now. <laughs> I want my money. Zeke, he he's like Zeke. We're gonna have to sign him to a long term deal here. Hey, you know what? But it's gonna be exciting. I'm pumped up because I've wanted this for a long time, just like how you guys wanted it. So, uh, but you know what? We'll work on the Hawaii trip. I'll get on. You know, I'll get you. on that. Appreciate it. Is this? Can I ask too? This is the thirtieth year of Impact, correct? Yes, sir. I heard wow. that. That's a thing. Thirty years, 30. man. That's crazy. I'm not even thirty. You're not thirty. <laughs> I'm no not thirty. I'm 30. definitely not thirty. A lot of a lot of uh, legends have come through these doors. That's a lot. I'll tell you what. For a college radio station that has a lot of the accolades that uh, Impact does, that's incredible. I'm glad to be here in the thirtieth year. Yeah, it, it feels really great to be here. And shout out to the thirtieth year. Also, shout out to the anniversary anniversary Jesus of our, our first year of doing live play by play broadcasting. Yes, good. It's the anniversary for that. That's. That's big time. I think uh, Joe Dandrin and Eric Bach did the game yesterday uh, against to- yeah yesterday against to- no excuse me Friday. Friday. That's I know. What's today? <laughs> Yo, I didn't have Friday classes and I've been messed up ever since. I didn't since. either. I didn't either. Well, usually game days are Saturday. But... Yeah, yesterday felt like a Sunday. It was it was ridiculous. But Friday, uh, they both were on the call. Big shout out to you know Zach Swasicki, Matt Micah, Ryan Cole, all those guys who got that started because we've been doing some really great things because of that, because of them and what they did. Yes, sir. That's a great transition into the game on Friday, not Saturday. Little, I love. I'll tell you what. I love the Friday start. It's great. I don't kind of nice. Well, because I don't have the. Uh, I don't have Friday classes either, and so college football is officially back. The Spartans. Let's go. The Spartans were defending home field on Friday, defeating the Tulsa Golden Hurricane twenty-eight to seven. By the way, love teams that don't have the S at the end of the name, like the two. Was it the Tulane Mean Green or Texas something? The Texas whatever. Something mean green. <laughs> Something, yeah. You know what I think I mean? it's Tulsa. Uh, t- uh, what'd you just say? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Tulane. Tulane. Yeah, Is Tulane. Tulane. I used to know a guy who played baseball at Tulane. Why can't I find it? Whatever. Who cares? You know what I yeah, mean? I think like the mean, teams, mean green or something like that. Yeah, yeah I got you, Teams that though. don't have the S. They're not the Hurricanes. Yeah. They're and just I, the Hurricanes. The thing that's confusing is, like, what? Like what? what's a golden hurricane? I mean, are there different colors of hurricane? I don't know. Me and my friend were talking the other day, and we're saying, if you, if you saw a golden hurricane... We'll that's kill like you. rare. That's like, like, yeah, oh yeah, don't get near Golden Hurricane. The Golden Hurricane, like, that's bad. If they exist, but either way. Uh, Brian Lewerke, 21 for 37 on the day, 192 yards through the air and a touchdown. Uh, Connor Hayward, 15 carries for 43 yards, also had the receiving touchdown on the day. Uh, defense, got to shout him out. Kenny Willekes, of course, leading the defense. One tackle, six assists, and one strip sack. I believe it was a strip sack, correct? I think it was a strip sack, yes. yes awesome. Sir. Um, so... <laughs> A lot to unpack. Obviously, first game of the year. Everyone has their thoughts, opinions. Some people love what they saw on Friday. Some people hate what they saw on Friday uh, for many different reasons. I'll kick it over to you first with your initial thoughts. Yeah, so like I said, we're going to be nice. Start with the positives first. Thank you. Obviously, the biggest thing is that this defense is absolutely tremendous for Michigan State. That front seven's unbelievable. No one's running anything over this uh, this defensive line. It's going to be a problem for any team that they face. Uh, you felt bad for Tulsa. They had no athletes who could run, and the quarterback was had, like, I think, what, two, three safeties? Fell down the backfield so many times, I felt bad for him. I'm going to be honest with you. I know it's first game. It's just Tulsa. But I'm looking at Raekwon, Bocce, Willikis. That I think that's the best trio up front in college football, hands down. Those three are constantly attacking the ball. Always there at the point of attack. They're fantastic. They move well, tackle well. They do it all. I just I don't think there's anybody better. I think they, those three really make this defense 
And aside from talking about the front seven, the rest of this defense is solid all around. I think your your weakest link is maybe what Josh Butler Probably. at the cornerback position. I think many people would agree with that statement. Yeah, when, and if that's your weakest link, you're yeah. in pretty good shape. Because I think you think he's a solid, a solid player. Yeah, and the fact that solid is your biggest weakness on this team. It's pretty remarkable if you're Michigan State. And so to say this again, another year of probably the top five, one of the top five defenses in the country is fantastic for a Spartan team that's looking to find its identity. Hold tells at a negative 73 rushing yards, just 153 passing yards. Just an all-around great game defensively for Michigan State. Uh, switch over to the bad stuff. The offense, obviously, I don't know what's happened, and maybe you can some shed some light on what's happening, but I don't know what's going on with Brian Lewerke. I mean, you went from a year of this guy looking like the next quarterback to fill in those roles, uh, to be the guy he could run, he could throw, he could do it all. He was going to be good. And then to kind of go down this, he fall off a cliff, basically, is sure, what Max Kellerman sure. has alluded to with Tom Brady. I mean, I think he had some better throws, had some better zip on the ball. But there were a lot of deep throws that he just missed, missed his receivers. And I don't know how much is on the receivers just not being there him putting the ball in the wrong place, but it just doesn't seem like he's the same quarterback that came into Michigan State with all this height, with all this potential, with the ability to maybe make Michigan State a college football playoff team. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest things. Play calling was a little bit better. It's still a lot of the same things, but it is very hard to do something super different when you're kind of limited with what you have. I don't think the wide receivers created that much space uh, to do anything fantastic. The offensive line has a lot of holes. Part of that is due to injury, but it's just a tough offensive line that hasn't found themselves yet. Running game couldn't get started, and I think it's just going to be more of the same, a team that struggles to put seven points on the board. Yeah, I will I will definitely get to the Lewerke thing because I am, just like Stafford, I'm a Lewerke apologist. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good points that you had there. I think we saw the same thing. I mean, I think anyone that watched the game and then has followed this team, uh, especially last year in the last couple of years, it, it seems like it's going to be a lot of the same story. And and as I go on here on my soapbox, I I want to alleviate some of the, some of the pressure from this team and, and maybe talk people off the ledge a bit. So as you said, it was hard to find any flaws on defense. I mean, it, the defense was scary to watch, but it was a very pleasing. It, I, it's, I, I enjoy watching this team play defense more so than I watch any team play offense in, in college football. No doubt. Truly. I mean, it's you talk about I mean the Panashuk brothers, Bocce, Willikis, every, the, the Dowels, and the, it's just name, it's plug and play, in my opinion. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, my, my biggest surprise or, or I thought who I would give the MVP of the game to, uh, Antoine Simmons impressed the hell out of me. Uh, that's his first career start. Uh, the junior linebacker had two tackles, four assists, one interception. I just feel like, as you mentioned, he's another guy who's always around the football. And even, you know, if, if they always talk about, you know, flying 11 guys with the ball. He's always in the mix. And like you, like we just mentioned, all those big names that you have to add a guy like Simmons in there who's someone who you have to game plan for. I mean, he's a six-foot, pretty, you know, decent-sized body. But uh, I thought he was very impressive in that game. Obviously, you know, getting the interception, you stick out immediately. Um, as far as the defense goes, obviously Michigan State makes it a point to stop the run first. And it worked well. I mean, it was, what, a negative 73 or 79, whatever – the astronomical uh, amount of rushing yards or lack thereof that Tulsa had uh, set a school record. Uh, it just and, and whatever the running back for Tulsa, I think it was Corey Taylor. I don't want to mess up his name, but whoever he came in and said he's going to rush for 200 yards on the defense. Well, that didn't really work out it for him. It didn't happen that way. <laughs> yeah, not not quite. Um, 
I'm not going to sit here and say that this defense is going to play like this every week because obviously you do see your Ohio State, you see your Michigans, uh, your Penn States, um, and, and of course it is just Tulsa, a team that won three games last year, but they have playmakers and experience all over the field on defense. So don't don't expect this team to allow many points, if at all. And as we talked about last year at Nausea and, and, and this year again, it seems like the story is going to be that this is a team that probably won't let up more than 14 points a game almost. But, wow, if they score seven, that's impressive. It's, Which yeah. is not a tremendous way to feel about your football Not team. at all. Uh, more positives. Matt Coughlin was money once again, and it's so nice to have Jake Hartbarger back. I, I remember watching games last year where Michigan State would be on their own goal line, and you'd have your punter in the end zone, and they wouldn't get the ball out past like the they couldn't get it past midfield. And the field position battle is huge. And that's what killed Michigan State in the Ohio State game last year. And so having Hartbarger back is, is a is a luxury and makes you appreciate the punters. Um shout out the punters. Yeah, shout out punters. Shout out punters. Kickers, man. punters are people too. Whatever that I love that <laughs> that whole shtick. Uh now I guess we can we can address the elephant in the room, which was the offense. Obviously Brad Salem's first go at the helm uh, what I saw from the offense as a whole, and I think D'Antonio touched on it a lot and that we expected to see, a lot more use of the shotgun, a bit faster pace. We we kept hearing higher tempo, higher tempo. Um, I don't know how high tempo the offense is supposed to be because it wasn't anything drastic to yeah, me. Yeah, it wasn't big. Um, but, you know, I, I do appreciate the fact they're they're trying to go more traditional college offense of, of spreading the field and whatnot. Uh, the running backs were involved a bit more in the passing attack. Other than that, a lot of the same. A lot of inside handoffs, crossing and slant routes, short yardage plays. And, and those are the things that I think irritated a ton of people last year was they love watching teams like Oregon and Ohio State just airing the ball out all, all over the field. And I love it too. And if it, if what you implement works, and I know D'Antonio's whole thing is like that if we run the ball 40 times a game, we have a decent chance to win. Like I I get it because if you, if you can't establish the run, it's hard to establish your plays on the outside of the field. Um, but it's just you, you said it pretty well. It, it, the route combinations to me and the lack of spacing are really bizarre, and they just it doesn't work. And yeah. you have, I mean, you have Cody White, you have Daryl Stewart, Jalen Naylor is is a is a gunner. You can throw these guys all over the field. So I don't know if it's a matter of them just not getting open and breaking off of their corners, or if it's the route combinations or, or a combination of the two things. Uh, but that's frustrating to me because it looked like a lot of the same offensively. And I will say here, and if you don't believe me. I don't. I can't help you. I don't think they opened up the whole playbook. I think you saw mm-hmm, a lot no. of what you saw last year because when you play a team like Tulsa and you're going to have Western Michigan next week, it's not really necessary to to pull out all the stops. I wish you would have would have seen some more creativity. And there was this discussion amongst or, or before the game, or at least people that I talked to, and and about how. This is the most important game for this offense because you're going to set the tone for the year and you have a lot to prove. I don't buy that. I don't care if the offense didn't look tremendous against against Tulsa. I really don't. And I get it. The defense and special teams outscored the offense, which is tremendous on one end, but very frightening on the other. So I don't need people to get all worked up about the offense and, and the lack of production just yet because 
saying that they had a lot to prove today, I get it. But at the same time, it's, it's a long season. You know, once you roll into like your Michigan and Penn State, if you know, obviously you can't be putting up only seven points on offense, but you mentioned it too. The O-line to me is going to be the biggest problem again this year. You have no no AJ or Curry, no Cole Chewins. So when you get those guys back, especially a Curry at left at left tackle, because that's the most important position on the line, uh, you instantly get better. Uh, and I don't think it was so much a lack of protection for Lewerke in this game, but they were just not able to get a push up front for the mm-hmm. run. And and with Hayward's running style, who kind of runs like Le'Veon, the you know he you tolls. read at the line. By the way, Le'Veon was at Rick's the other day. That's what I saw. He tweeted. He was like East Lansing and <laughs> dropped the pin, and I was like, "Oh, Le'Veon's yeah, here." Yeah, he was at Rick's, and I was there. I, I, I that's hype. Did I you was, dap him up? Oh no, I was just staring at him just, across ha, the bar. Ha, ha. Yeah. You should have been like, "Yo, Le'Veon, yeah, what a drink." Yeah, I just, I was, I didn't know what to say because there are people that were up to him like getting jersey signed, and I was like, "I can't be that guy." Oh but, yeah, don't be, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy who's like Le'Veon. Yeah. Exactly. Not my jersey right Didn't here. want to be that yeah. guy. But, okay, that's good. That's good. But uh, yeah, like as far as Connor Hayward goes, he kind of has that read and react running style. And if you don't create holes for him to jump through and go, it's going to be pretty hard for you to create any kind of running game uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, people get upset with the inside. I do too. I hate the inside handoffs all day long. But they work if you get a push. If, yeah, if you, you see get a push. You, you, I mean, 100%. how many times do you watch college running backs just explode up the middle and go? Um, another offensive lineman, Devontae Dobbs, big recruit for this team, 6'4", 295 pounds, uh, clearly not ready and no need to rush him into the offense. Uh, he's a guy that will be a piece in the future, and obviously uh, being so highly recruited out of high school, he'll do some damage. Uh, so now on to the worky thing, he did miss some passes. I think he looked a bit more comfortable and composed in this game. Granted, again, who's your opponent? Uh, but there were a few instances where he showed, you know, vintage Lewerke of, you know, the quick feet escaping the pocket under pressure. And that's what I love about Brian Lewerke. And I get it. Uh, he, you know, wasn't tremendous. And I think people were would love to have seen him throw for three touchdowns and, and, and just been a stud out there. I don't think it's cause for panic. And, you know, I... I, I appreciate that they're trying to mix things up in the offense and they throw Lombardi in there a bit. Uh, obviously, Lewerke is the starter and will be the starter yeah. all year long, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Uh, but I, I don't think, you know, there were a couple drop balls. There was really no, it seemed like it was hard for the offense to just click. Like, you know, there were bad throws uh, when guys were open and, and there were good throws and, and guys dropped the ball. I thought the tight end play was very disappointing. Um, and it has been for the last yeah, yeah, couple it years. Has been for a while, a lot of drop passes, and if, especially when you get into the red zone. Not that Michigan State was knocking on the door all game long on offense, uh, but you need your tight ends to play better uh, from a standpoint of strictly just catching the ball. Um, other things too, 122 yards and penalties is unacceptable. That will be fixed. I don't see this Michigan State team being a team that has problems with discipline all year long. Um, but other than that, if I've as I've now been rambling for for. <laughs> minutes and minutes and minutes. I just think with the offense especially. I mean, everyone's hyped about the defense, and you, you should yeah. be, and I get it. But I just would like people to relax with the offense. Like, just, just you know what yeah. I mean? I get you, you and I hear, my, I, I'm not hitting the panic button on anything. But my biggest thing is, and it's you kind of said it a little bit, is you talked about not having anything to prove. I feel like you have everything to prove. I mean, you should come out against Tulsa, and this is where you get your game back. This is yeah, where you're Brian Lewerke and you say, I played awful last season. I got to show up. They call, like, you should be motivated by the fact that last season they called for a true freshman to start 
over you yeah. in a game. And you should be like, oh, we got the freaking Golden Hurricanes. Like, what is a Golden Hurricane? <laughs> and throw for four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I just really feel like this offense doesn't have a dog in the fight. Well, this defense, after every play, is up. They're excited. They're celebrating. They're ready to go. They're roaring. Well, this offense, I, I don't, there's no dogs on that side of the field. There's nobody who's ready. There's no Cody White saying, I'm about to break this receiver off and bust out for a touchdown. Yeah. There's no Lewerke saying, I'm just going to let one rip for about 40 yards and catch a peel, catch a, uh, to have somebody catch a pass downfield. And I think, yes, a part of that is play calling, but a part of that, I think, is on the players and their mindset. And I just don't know if Brad Salem, Lewerke, Cody White, the rest of these guys are ready to go on that end of the ball. Because I, I really think if you don't show out in that first game, build up some confidence, go into a Western Michigan, how, how are you going to say we're going to be ready? Because I just look at the last game and say, we only put up seven on offense against Tulsa. How can we expect to do that against Western Michigan? Yeah, that's that's fair, and it's it's a, it's a great point. It, it definitely seems like there is a lack of confidence that you can almost feel on the field, and it doesn't help that the offense gets booed in their, in their own stadium. Um, but I, I, I think back to, to my point about proving something is just, I'm looking at this like, look, Michigan state has never been a team to blow someone out of the water game one. Like I remember like watching games against Furman and like Bowling Green. It just, they, they make you sweat for some reason. And I know it's, it's not necessarily a terrible thing. I mean, would you like to see him be like Maryland and throw up 79 points? Absolutely. I like, you'd love to see it. Uh, I don't think that necessarily equates, obviously, because Maryland isn't a team that is wildly successful in the Big Ten. I don't think throwing up big numbers on offense in game one equates to uh, being an ungodly team. That's that's pretty obvious. But I do agree with you that there's a different energy on the field when the offense is out there. And who knows? I it's I think a lot of it, like you said, it was a great point of a lot of it's the play calling. If you're not you don't give yourself a chance for these big plays. All mm-hmm. the inside handoffs, the quarterback runs that go for two, three yards, you don't give yourself a chance to roll. And the other thing, too, that's going to come to hurt them if they don't fix this offense, if you're going to play high tempo and go three and out, your defense is going to be gassed. And that's where I think when you play a team like Michigan and Ohio State, Penn State later in the year, if you can't keep your offense on the field, your defense is going to start to crumble. And it's not a matter of them not being talented or, or, or being uh, organized defensively. Just a matter of, I mean, people get tired. Like I get tired walking up the stairs. These guys probably <laughs> get tired. You playing, you know, being on the field every thirty it, seconds. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happened last season. Is that the defense would keep Michigan State in games majority of the time, but then by that fourth quarter, they can't do anything else because they've played. They've given everything for three quarters of play, and the offense can't do anything to help them out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I. I'm still confident. I still got my 11 and one. I I called last week. I go 11 and one. Big Ten championship. The defense is that good, and I I really do think that this offense will come around. So I do. Okay, then I have a question for you. Shoot, if you're going with 11 and one, yes, you're saying the offense has some issues. Yes. What What's the game where you think they're going to put it together? What game would you say? Okay, this is going to be the game that's going to turn this season and push Michigan State, Michigan State forward. I think I think you will see Michigan State come out against Western Michigan and blow them out of the water. I think they will win. I think they will win by more than they beat Tulsa by. Um I think Arizona State you might take a step back because they're at least a somewhat competent team, but I really think that they're going to I like, obviously I that's the elephant in the room, right? Is the offense. They want to see points. I I don't know what it is. I don't think Western Michigan's a, is a very good team. No disrespect to the to our friends in Kalamazoo. <laughs> Um, they did just put a whooping on Monmouth uh, yesterday. They really did. 
or what is it? Friday? What day is it? Today, Set, today is Sunday. They play. Yeah, the, something like the Friday that. game. Not. Uh, I don't know. It, I don't it messes Friday. you up. It yeah. messes you up. Um, but I, I, and maybe this is just me being naive, and and maybe it is a cop out to pick though. The next game's the game, but I think that you're gonna see a, a high octane offense. You're gonna you're gonna see some plays being made. I don't think you saw many plays being made on offense against Tulsa. I think you'll see like a 45 yard touchdown from Cody White. I think you'll you'll see a Ladarius Jefferson break for a big run. I can see them putting up. Over thirty points, hopefully, because I lost ten dollars on that with the buddy. I was like, they'll put, they'll put up, they'll put up more than thirty. No, they won't. Okay, well, not happening. Whatever. Um, but I, I don't think that you can expect out of this offense for them to do what I think they'll do against Western. They, uh, once you get against these better defenses, they are what they are. Yeah. Um, but again, maybe we're seeing something that maybe we haven't seen everything yet. I don't think we have. Maybe they have plays where they throw five wide and guys are sprinting down the field and Lewerke throws a ball for 65 yards and my shirt's off in the student section. Who knows? Oh, you're going to have your shirt off. Okay. Stay tuned for that. All right. Lock in. Just uh, let me know what game so I can like be there, make sure we're recording everything. Okay, yeah, good. You need a camera yeah, in DVR there. It. DVR Ooh, it. Perfect. Uh, before we go to break here, well, let's do some catching up. Can we just relax? Now that I'm yeah, all worked let's... up, Michigan State football always gets me nice and nice and worked up. I get the, gets the blood boiling early <laughs> on in the morning. Uh, so your summer... Pretty big. Uh, Stanley eh. Cup champ, Julian Mitchell. The St. Louis Blues capturing Thank their you. first you. Stanley Cup in franchise history. Talk me. I, I need the whole. Uh, here, Okay, let's break it down. Let's break it down. When did you know there was something special going on? What was the buzz like? There had to have been a point where you were like, oh, the Blues made a pass round one. Like, okay, that's cool. But there had to have been a point where you're like, something's going on here. I think definitely, what was it? Was it San Jose? Yep. So, yeah, game. Uh, they were out of it, came back, and then end up winning that series. I think that was the, that was the second you start realizing this this team has a chance. I mean, to go from the story they had to being last in the NHL to winning a cup. Once you get past that San Jose game, you're like, wow, this is it. Yeah, that the we, team of destiny. They have, they have a chance it, right? to do it. They have to do it. Team of destiny, run the table. I will say, at least for me personally, there was a moment of. It might not happen when I think it was game five. Was it game? I think it was game five in Boston. Oh no, game five back at home to win the se- or game five or game six yeah. at home to win the series. Had the chance to do it in Enterprise Center at in St. Louis. I was down there watching the game. I wasn't at the game, but I was down downtown at the p- big parade. Everybody was down there thinking, okay, gonna win at home. This is it, Team of Destiny. You're gonna end up winning at home, hoist, hoist the trophy in front of your hometown, and then that didn't happen. And so I'm thinking, okay, it didn't happen here. Going back to Boston, it might be over. Yeah. It might be over. But to somehow I, – I, it still mind boggles me. It's mind boggling that they actually completed it. Like it's, it's a storybook ending. It's a great story. And there's really nothing better. Like I have seen the Cardinals win World Series. Yep. Saw it in 2011. You know, everything with David Freeze, the hero that he is. But nothing has felt like what it was when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. I haven't seen a city more happy. I mean, from young people to old people who have been around forever, this was like in a historic moment. The amount of people that were downtown that lined up to buy merch as soon as it hit the shelves. Like, I really have never seen anything like it. And I mean, I I asked somebody, um, because, you know, NHL season is going to get started, get, get rolling soon. And I asked someone, how long does this, like, honeymoon last yeah of winning the stanley cup and it's like you know for the way st louis feels about the blues and the way we feel when they won that championship this it doesn't matter if they don't win another one 
in like the next couple of years or so because yeah. this this is enough to hold you. Yeah, I I, I haven't felt the championship since two thousand eight with the Red Wings, and I don't even how old was I young. Um, but I I think the coolest thing to see is like, there's there were so many storylines. Um, you know what was the girl's name? Layla was the was the yeah girl's Layla name? Anderson. Yeah, that that whole uh situation with her and being a part of the team pat maroon being a guy who took less money to go play in his hometown in front of his kid and his and his and his family and winning it there being the hero in the one double overtime game uh it, it was it was awesome to watch and the blues were so easy to get behind because like you said they were in last place halfway last through place, the year man. <laughs> dead last they were a joke, and then Jordan Bennington rushes on the scene, and the rest is history. Like I, I, I really—that's the part that's really crazy to me—is is Allen was the goalie, everyone was behind him, he was great, and then they just put in Bennington, and he becomes pr- one of the best goalies in the NHL. Yeah. and I mean He's, his yes. his stops Game Seven to win the Cup, unreal, unfreaking believable. <laughs> that man was a freaking brick wall. Nothing was getting. I just don't it go to Craig Berube and to have him in the middle of the seat it's just I it's so hard to put into words just all the things that you can go and say okay Blues aren't winning the cup yeah. like they they've had too right. many moves around too many changes this group of guys can't possibly win a cup and just to do it I mean and how many people just overlook St. Louis one as a city and then sure. as a team with the Blues like if it felt really great to take down especially Boston to yeah. take down that was and a, win I the loved cu- it yeah. like Thank you. I think that's the biggest thing everybody got behind is that you're tired of seeing Boston go out and win championships, and for a city like St. Louis to put something like this together to win one, it it felt really good. I think for everybody, it was just it was a true underdog story, and it felt good. I, that's one of those things that about sports, and when if you know if anyone were to ask me why I love sports, things like that, like this, the history and the I'm an emotional guy. Like when you build it all up like that. The, the city's never seen a Stanley Cup. And then, I mean, just watching the parade and just how many people were downtown and, like, getting it. Because, like, you're not a hockey fan yourself. It's not like you sit down yeah. and lock in for every game. But it was something for you to get behind. You know what I mean? Like, because that's your city. That's the and now, city, yeah. You're now 100%. the city. And for all intents and purposes, you St. Louis is now the city of champions for the time being. And like I say, being from, you know, Michigan and, and growing up a Detroit sports fan, I long for the day because the Tigers haven't won since 84, the Red Wings since 08, the Pistons since 04. The Pistons aren't winning anything anytime soon, and the Lions haven't won ever. We all know the story there. So, you know, I look at that St. Louis Blues win like, wow. You know, and you think like the Cubs too. Like all these teams that you think yep. there's no there's no way they ever win it. You don't see – you never saw – and again, in, in December and January, you look at the Blues and you go, there's no – path to the Stanley Cup for this team. There's no path to a championship. And they won. I mean, that was, again, it was crazy watching all your Snapchats, and I wish I could have been there. I hope I get to feel that one day. What? You will. You will. I I really, I am waiting for the day that you get to feel it, and that you will will come in or send me a snap just absolutely bawling. I'll be crying. I I don't even have, I don't even have, like, tears of joy. It's just, like, tears of pain that I'm just leaving my body when that will happen. Um, but the last thing I want to get to, because I know we're about to go to a break, uh, senior year this is for it, you man. and I, because we were it. talking last week, because Collins and Trent have a couple years left, but senior year for you and I, I didn't realize there were actually a handful of seniors on the sports team this year. Yeah, there's a good amount. I didn't know. McCray is a senior. Didn't know. Had no I idea. Had no idea. Thought he was a freshman last year. 
But hey, 100%. he's a senior. Sorry, McCray. <laughs> uh, real quickly, uh, how are you feeling coming back to campus? I know you were on you were on campus a bit early. Uh, I remember just texting. I was texting everyone like, "This school is effing amazing." Like I just yeah, that was the feeling I got. So, how are you feeling coming back to school? What your goals, your aspirations, wow. your regrets? Regrets. Let me hear it coming in this year, man, dude. I was so happy to be back here. Like I don't. I, I obviously being far away from home all the time, like I miss home a lot and it was yeah. good to be back for the summer, but I really missed this. Like just doing this stuff right here, sitting in the radio station, chilling with the boys, chilling with friends, just here on campus, the atmosphere. I mean, the first football game, like just seeing the amount of people, you know, I still live in the dorms as an RA and just yeah. hearing all the freshmen get so excited for like their first football game. Yeah. I had like a big group of guys run down my hall and they go, go green. And everybody started chanting, go white. Yeah. Just to feel that and be back. It, it just feels so good. It makes me so happy to be around here. Um, so it feels good to be back, man. I re- I really miss this. Uh, goals for the year, I really, I think you and I have talked about it with the show. It's just yeah. leaving this in a better place than we left it and making this show something really great and really special. Obviously, one of our biggest things is to like win an MAB award. We got an honorable mention yeah. last year, but I think we can do it. And it's not just you know winning the award, but I think winning the award is a recognition of something we did that was really special here i think we want to turn this show into something bigger than what it is right now and that comes you know with doing two hours now but doing really big things and being more creative and doing really cool things so i think that's that's for me one of the biggest goals is to just to leave a legacy i don't want to you know i want somebody to remember that julie mitchell sat in this chair for a good three three four years hell yeah and did something i love it i'm tearing up i'm tearing up uh, big things to come for the rest of the year on the Green and White Report and big things to come after this break. Uh, after the break, men's soccer with Adam Baker. He'll be calling in uh, women's soccer with Akaru Kudo and the do's and don'ts of tailgates as tailgating season is upon us. Stay right here, folks. Green and White Report. Welcome back. I am Carson Hathaway with your Impact Sports Update. On Friday night, Michigan State opened up the season with a 28-7 win over Tulsa. The 7th-ranked Michigan State soccer team tied 0-0 against Southern Illinois on Friday. Michigan State Volleyball defeated Duke 3-1 to improve to 2-0 on the season. In field hockey, the Spartans will take on Kent State on the road today at 1 p.m. For more, visit impact89fm.com sports. Thank you, Mr. Hathaway. Dude, Green I miss Carson. Report. I know. That was crazy. I because we he wasn't at the meeting the other day, so I was like, I there's still people that we have to see. Yeah, I haven't seen somebody. I haven't seen Collins. Where's Collins? He's probably, probably dying somewhere probably in asleep. Cedar Village. He's, he's sleeping with probably an, uh, McGriddle on his chest right uh, now. I I wouldn't be surprised if he if we don't see him for another week. So another <laughs> week, yo. I'm about to pull up to Collins' house. <laughs> All right, Green and White Report. We're back here. Uh, if you want to join the show, tweet us at WDBM Sports hashtag GW Report. Uh, call us at 517-432-3893 or text us in 517-884-8989. We are back with some Michigan State men's soccer. And who else to talk about Michigan State men's soccer than Mr. Adam Baker? Adam, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're hanging in there, hanging in there. Yeah, doing the thing. Doing the thing, you know, two hours is hard. 
Um, Adam, so you were at the game the other day. This is the I've never heard of this Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. Apparently, is a real school, and they have a soccer team. Uh, whoa, of, whoa, don't well, hate, I, don't I just, hate. I, I never, know a couple of people I, who go do there. You, no yeah. way. Do you? Yes. You're so, you're so full of it. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Why? You don't know anyone that goes I there. I do. Yo, chill. All right, you. Chill I, I want to see these people's Instagrams. I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, Adam, you were at the game. Thoughts and takeaways of the nil-nil draw. So I think with Michigan State, they uh they didn't have a hard time controlling the game at all, and the defense looked great, and it never looked like they would concede. But it looked like there was just a lack of creativity up front, and they never really looked like they would end up breaking the deadlock themselves either, besides the late penalty in the game, which they're a little fortunate to get. So oh, it's hard to tell going forward like what to expect because it's only the first game, and it's a really young lineup right now. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing you brought up in the recap you wrote for the website, uh, and you you just talked about it here, was how MSU was unable to create good scoring opportunities. They had a lot of balls that were a little far off, had kind of no chance to get into the back of the net, and obviously I think a big reason for that is the loss of Ryan Sarakowski and Dejuan Jones, who are all I think both both in the MLS now, both were drafted. Looking at this roster, it's early, they're young, but is there anyone who, who pops out to you that can fill those roles and become a top goal scorer for the Spartans? Definitely. I think Mutatu and Ala Alden had some good connections together. Mutatu's only making his fourth start, and Ala's a freshman. But together, they had some strong link-ups. Obviously, it's going to take a little longer for them to old gel in. And I think off the bench, uh, Gianni Ferry... Didn't have the greatest game. Didn't quite look up the speed, but he's a talented freshman. And I think he can uh, help build a void this season. Yeah, and uh, looking up and down this roster, you said it's very young. But I think some of the biggest guys you're going to look at to kind of lead this team are Patrick Nielsen, uh, Giuseppe Baroni. When you look at those guys and you see, I'm sure you've been to some of the practices, you watch at some of the games, but uh, how big is their leadership for this young team? And do you think those guys are enough to kind of propel a team with a lot of youth forward and maybe try and make another push at a college cup? Definitely. I think with Giuseppe, his uh, impact, he missed the first game. So his impact was felt with the luck in the, in the midfield. I think maybe he could have been a big influencer on helping break the deadlock on this game. But for them, we'll just have to see throughout the season how, it, uh, how they all gel. The coach said himself, the team needs time. And in this season, you, don't just, you just don't have too much. On the other side of the ball now, another big uh, another big loss would be Jimmy Hagen goal. Uh, it, how big of a problem is that going to be trying to fill his shoes this year? For sure, going to be a little hard. That was a uh, Hunter Morris starting and goal. That was his first clean sheet, so I guess that's a good way for him to start. But what's going to make it easier for him is how solid the defensive was and how little he had to do with with Tungu, especially having a great performance that day. Mm-hmm. You talked about, uh, just, you just said kind of just a little bit, that, you know, Coach said there's not a lot of time for them to really put it all together. And as we kind of talked about with Michigan State football, you may not necessarily want to hit the panic button, but I think there there is some cause for concern if if there's not enough time to put it together, if and when is it at all possible for them to put together. And that's something I want to ask you. You're looking at this team. You got a good look at what they can do against SIUE. Are there signs of this team actually turning into something, or do you think it's still just going to be an entire year just as a work in progress? I definitely think they can turn into something. 
before uh, before the conference play kicks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they re- the, in the game itself, they grew into it. SIU had some uh, chances at the beginning, at the end of the first half. But after that, it was all Michigan State for the rest of the second half and overtime. And with their greatest chance coming at the very end. So I think uh, we'll see them become more comfortable throughout the season, show some more creativity, and I think goals will come for this team and wins will follow. Great. And so the biggest question that I'm sure is on everyone's minds, I mean, we were able to sit and watch this team reach a college cup last year, obviously lose a a ton of talent, Sarakowski, Jones, and Haig. Uh, They come into the season ranked fourth in the Big Ten preseason poll, seventh in the entire nation. And, you know, after everything that happened last year, can this team make another trip to the College Cup? Is that in the cards for this Michigan State Spartans team? I definitely wouldn't rule it out. Seventh in the nation might not be uh, where they're sitting by the end of the year. But really, we'll just have to wait and see because it's a game of fine margins. So you can't really, it's hard to predict how far someone can go so early in the season. 100%. You think they're the best in the Big Ten? Competing for it, definitely. Got it. Got a, it. Well, a lot a lot more Spartan soccer to come this year. Uh, they have now, I'm looking at, the, at their uh, games. We go tie, 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 tie. All nil-nil. Crazy. Looking so for goal. that first win. And first goal. And first goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very true. Uh, the Spartans will take on Florida Gulf Coast at home on Monday. Kick at 2 p.m. Adam, thanks for calling in today, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. You guys too. All right, men's soccer out of the way. Women's soccer also in action. Hikaru Kudo, get on the mic, my friend. <laughs> this is your stuff. You were there hanging out. Uh, what are we seeing from the women's soccer team? Well, first off, they beat Eastern Michigan. I want to say Thursday night, two to zip. But it was underwhelming because. The final 11 minutes was not played due to literally thunderstorms every, like, three seconds. Um, I had to stand by in the booth. Joe Freihofer was doing play-by-play. I was doing color for BTM+. Plus. It was a great crew. Joe, Joe what a guy. Shout out, uh, Joe. I know. I know. Uh, and literally, I was. we were just waiting there for, like, 45 minutes, and they finally called it. So that was that. So we only got to see 80 minutes of, you know, actual soccer play, which is great, which is great. Um, but uh, this Michigan State team... I think they're going to have a solid season, a better season than last year. But in order for them to do that, they should have beat Eastern like 7-0, 7 6-0. They had so many opportunities on target. They had so many shots flying, but it was poorly executed. And it was, you, know, you know what I mean? And you can't, you can't do that against any team. You just can't. It doesn't matter that it's a MAC team. They had a couple second all all Mac uh, team players on their squad. Uh, there was a crossbar. There were a couple close shots, close calls, and there were just simple errors that being made in the field. If yeah. This, Go ahead. Continue. If, if, if this team wants to win, you know, for the long term, in the Big Ten, they have to be solid. They can't make mistakes. They can't be making silly mistakes. They can't be shooting twenty four yards out on target. It's not going to do anything. You could do that a couple times and call it a day. But, I mean, with that being said, though, with that being said, I was kind of underwhelmed by Gia Wahlberg. Gia Wahlberg was Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week last week uh, because she made four goals against Marshall. 
By the way, that is ties the record for most goals at DeMarn Stadium. Ties the record for most goals in a single game by a Big Ten player. Only 12 other players have done that before, including former Spartan Lauren Hill. She scored 4-2 against Western Michigan back in 2006. But Gio didn't get the ball. She wasn't comfortable with the ball. For me, it most feels like it was like an outburst type of thing. I wanted to see her play and build on it, but she wasn't building on it. You know? So, I mean, that was my impression with Gia, and that was my impression with that team. Initial impressions, I should say. So, one thing I noticed from last season to this year, uh, the soccer team also started out with, I believe, five wins, one tie uh, to start the season last year. A very similar start now this year with three three wins in a row, still undefeated at DeMartin, heading into an away match against Boston University. So my question for you, Hikaru, is looking at this team, can they keep this hot streak alive or are they going to fall again? The, the team ended up finishing 5-10 and 10 on the season last year. Is it possible to keep this streak alive heading to Boston? I think it's not a streak. I, if I'm personally honest with you, if they don't execute cleanly, they're going to lose to Boston. It's going to be all about the execution on the field. It's can you finish in the final third? Can you isolate the space? And can you keep the ball on the ground? The reason why this game between Eastern and Michigan State was so close is because both teams were playing it on the ground. They were playing it through the midfield, which means we were playing a possession-heavy game. You weren't playing the classic any team ever play of long ball over to the forward, pray that your forward gets it one-on-one against your goalie, and let's get a shot, and let's keep doing that for 90 minutes. This wasn't the situation. Coach Saxon and company was saying, no, we're going to play through the midfield. They didn't do that a lot last year. That's why it's been working for them. But it's all about the execution. With that being said, though, I had a chance to talk to Coach Saxon as well, uh, and you know, here's what he told me. He said, quote, we thought we were very competitive last season. We just had trouble scoring goals, and it's true. This defensive line is one of the strongest defensive lines in the entire nation, period. Period. And you have the entire defensive line coming back. That's not the, the issue is can you produce offensively? Now, when you have someone like Gia that can blow out for you for a game, right? And then the next game, the next game, all of a sudden she can't even isolate the spot and it's against a Mac team. That's a little concerning if you're the team, if you're your teammates, because you have an offensive player, right? Like let's look at Daniel Daniel Stephens. She had four assists total last season. This year, she already has two assists. One in the past two games, not against Eastern, and she had a goal in the home opener. Which means she's more comfortable on the pitch. The other thing is all these players have matured on the pitch. And that's one of the things. Kovacs, another big player on this team, she's matured with Gia. These two are going to be the two big ones. That's why it was concerning for me a little bit that Kovacs was playing good from the back line, but Gia wasn't playing good in the midfield forward position. And it's very concerning for him. But, but for Kovacs, one of the things... Uh, that she said to me is, quote, we can improve on is moving it through the midfield and getting more of our offense involved, and I think we're definitely capitalizing it early on the season. If we can just keep it going, we'll be solid. Golden. End quote. I love that quote from her. Because, once again, the team's focus is in the midfield. If you can isolate the midfield, and if you can control the midfield in the game, have over 50% possession in your midfield, then I think this team can win. So, it's not about are they on a hot streak or not, it's about can you execute Every single game. Yeah, and one of the players you, you spoke about is Gia Wahlberg. And obviously, I think she's one of the, the more talented players on the team. One of the talented players that I do want to talk about, and I think we, we should shed, shed some light on what she is doing, is freshman defender Bria Schrodenborg. Uh, she's missed the next two matches. She is uh, training with the U.S. Under-20 national team on their training camp roster uh, from the August 24th to September 1st. And I want to ask you, Hikaru, you look at 
this defense. You look at her as one of the top freshman defenders training with the U.S. Under-20 team. Uh, what do you think she slots in? How talented is she as a player? And how big will her return be for this Spartans defense? Her return is going to be huge for this team just because you're going to have another leader who's comfortable on the pitch. She's a freshman, right? And she's mm -hmm. on this under-20 women's national team training camp right now. A freshman we're talking about. She's going to be great for this team. And because she's missed these games, she doesn't really have chemistry yet with you know, her teammates. And if, if, since you don't have chemistry, you, don't, you can't really judge yet exactly what's going on. But what you can judge is that this girl has talent. She's from Hamilton High School in Holland, Michigan. She has, that's a great program over there. She's a defender. That's another defender you can have in your back line. But what's great about her, she can push up. Coach Saxton can play her as a defensive mid, and it could be a de facto five line if you wanted to, for because he plays a 4-3-3 or 4-4-2, depending on the day. And it could be a de facto five line if you wanted to, and then push up. So all of a sudden, not only do you have the defensive support, which you don't necessarily need, but you still have, but then you also have the offensive push, because she can push up. And I think that's going to be big. When you have players like Bria that comes into this program that are versatile, have their own you know, unique niche to it, I think that's huge. So honestly, I think Michigan State, they have the tools to do it. Now, can they execute with the addition of Bria? And that is the question that we will be investigating all year here on the Green and White Report. And I want to mention one other player. I want to mention one other player. Go for it. Forward Paige Weber. She's from Grand Blank. She's a freshman. I have seen her play for the past two years. They lost to Novi this year. I want to say in like the state quarters or semis. It's your alma mater. Yes, it's my alma mater. Yeah, I got to call that game. It was wonderful. Threw a side flex in there for you. You could. I wanted you to flex and say, you know, I announced for the team. I'll I, the I, I call a few games for Nova. <laughs> it was fun. Flex a little bit, Carl. Let him know. Let him know. Um, but um, no, that, that girl is talented up top. And she was coming off the a bench. I want to say she played about half an hour of the game uh, a couple days ago. And she can just mighty grind on that right side of that field, play up down the line, couple cuts, step in, and then shoot the ball. She's just getting adjusted to the game, but I think Paige Weber is going to be a big option that I don't think other teams are not necessarily aware of yet just because she's young and she's kind of under the radar. But Paige Weber is going to be a great addition to this team. I know what she's done in high school, and if she continues doing that in the collegiate level, that's going to be a great addition for Coach Saxon. A hot start for the Spartans on the soccer field. Uh, their next game against Boston at Boston. The Terriers, great name, by the way. One of the most underrated names in college sports. At Boston on Sunday. That's today. Today's Sunday, right? Yeah, today Are is Sunday. Are you sure about this? Hey, can, can you remember when our uh, our radio show was? I'm sorry. It was <laughs> us have the Michigan State having a game Friday. It completely ruined my weekend. I don't understand. I don't know what day's day and what's up is up and down. I don't know. Uh, Hikaru, thank you for, for the women's <laughs> soccer update. We appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, big upset, Karu. Of course. Thank you, guys. Okay. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun here. Can we have some let's fun? Let's get not it. That, not that this all wasn't fun, but let's have some fun. Uh, it's tailgating season here in East Lansing. It's like uh, it's like uh, Christmas, uh, Easter, uh, Michigan State tailgating season. That's where I kind of rank them as far as my Why favorite Easter holiday. Easter so high. I it's the chocolate, dude. Okay. I got a right. I got a weakness. We can talk about it later. It's the chocolate. I like the bunny too. Cute bunnies everywhere. <laughs> Cute bunnies everywhere. Cute bunnies everywhere. But here's the thing. Uh, admittedly, I threw myself a little tailgate at the new house on Friday. Not Facts. a big not a big deal. Julian didn't uh, stop by. I we'll, apologize. That's okay. We'll... I apologize. I'll, hey, you know, I'll be there for everyone. Everyone after this. You better. It's a big commitment you just made there. I'm, you know, I'll say it live on the radio show. If you all do not <laughs> catch me at Ryan Rabinowitz's next tailgates, 
you can kick me off the show. Just please don't give my address out. I can't have people. I unless there's fans that want to come by, I can do a little yeah, Q and A session. It's uh, it's somewhere on. We'll just throw it to Joe's house. It's on Gunson. Just go to Gunson. Yeah, just find Joe. Yeah, we'll <laughs> find, find Joe. Joe, Joe Dandron on Gunson Street. Pull up to Gunson Street. But we do have. He's going. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, here we decided to put something together for you. Uh, whether you're a, whether you're a freshman on campus or just someone who's looking to come up to Spartan Stadium and and, and tailgate for a Michigan State football game, we have some do's and don'ts for you. Exactly. Um, tailgating is an art form in itself, and if you don't do it the right way, here's a little dancing queen for you. Great tailgate song. So here's the first thing. Here's a big do for you that I didn't put on the list. Play Dancing Queen like at least once at your tailgate. At least tailgate. once. Okay. When, get, when's the most opportune time for Dancing Queen? You have to you have to find that point in the tailgate where like the game time's creeping closer, yeah. but people have been drinking and, and eating for so long that they're starting to kind of come down a bit. And this picks everyone right picks back, back up. up. Young, okay. old, your grandma will get will be shaken out of her wheelchair to get up and dance to some ABBA. <laughs> uh, that's that's key. But I, I will say my first my first do of tailgating. And this is probably the most important one. If you're the host of if you're the host of, of the tailgate, be prepared. Like food, drink, you gotta 100%. have plates, you gotta have napkins, you gotta have utensils, make sure that your trash cans are set up properly. Cause there's nothing worse than when you're in a tailgate and you're like, Oh, do you guys have any food left? Oh no, man! Sorry, it's 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 all gone. And kickoff is two and a half hours away. Or yo yo, where's the where's the pop? Or you know, where's the beer? Oh, we're all out, man. Sorry. Uh, can someone go drive and get something? Oh no, we're all drunk. Where are the napkins? Oh, we didn't we didn't, we didn't get napkins. Where where's the track can? Don't have one. Just dr- be prepared. Hundred percent. Same thing 100%. with like you need to have some games involved you know it's people can especially people at michigan state they can make a time out of just drinking themselves they don't need any extracurriculars get some cornhole going some you can have to jam. Have cornhole. get the football out have you know have your uncle rico come out there and start throwing balls into the street and get the kids to go out there and chase and all that stuff that's that would be my first do uh, of tailgating season i'm behind that you have you have to have everything another do we got on the list have your music playlist set up before the tailgate yes. begins yes there is please nothing worse than a song stopping and looking at the guy who's playing the music he's like ah, what am i gonna play next if there's a pause in your music you need to get off get off the bluetooth get off the aux get off whatever you're doing because if you're not ready to go like i expect you to have a playlist called tailgate Throwdown or some crazy like getting <laughs> something, lit, something wild. Pre-game wildness. Like you need to have it ready to go. It needs to be perfectly sequenced because we're not going from Dancing Queen to a slow jam. Like no, yeah. there you got you got to keep me locked in, keep me strapped. You got to be ready to go if you're playing music. Admittedly, I was I was DJing for our tailgate. I'll admit, I I, w- I was not on my game. I I put together like a 200 song playlist like the night before. I was feeling good about it. I'm a country guy. I love country. I love the classic music, like oldies music. So I had a good because I I don't like going to the tailgates where you're just raging and sweating and it's all chain smokers music. So not like a, not like people being chain smokers but the like the group probably chain smokers. too probably a little chain or, smoking or, yeah or little, chain smoking little chain people. jeweling you know exactly. whatever you want to say whatever the kids are doing these I days i can't deal with it tailgating is an american tradition you know get the football flying through the air get the get the hot dogs on the grill and play some leonard skinner you know that's that's my kind of tailgate so i was getting these people coming up to me you know these young bloods that were like hey man can you play some little Uzi? And I'm like, what are you talking Uzi? Like, who has a gun here? What are you talking about? You, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't <laughs> now, listen to this kind of music. That's that's the one thing I hate the most. If you are coming 
to a tailgate. It's not your tailgate. It's not your function. Do not ask me to play a song. Yeah. You know this what? This is not, not your place. Yeah, shut up. If you're, yeah, exactly. We're not taking exactly. requests. I'm not your wedding DJ. I don't play what you want me to play. I play what I want to hear. Exactly. So, but you, what you have to, is you said perfectly. I was, I envisioned myself on, on Friday as like Brian Lewerke. Like I'm QB one of this tailgate. Exactly. I got to lock in. If I don't, if I don't play well on the, on the Bluetooth, then how am I expect my, the rest of my team to play well and for us to be successful? So I wasn't terrible, kind of like Lewerke. I just, I have some work to do. And hey, it's only week one. Yes, week one. We have Western Michigan next weekend. So I I have an opportunity to improve. Now this comes down to me. If I don't get in the get in the weight room or get my fingers going on Spotify, and if I don't improve, then I I might lose the job. And I have to know that. I knew that coming in. It's not nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed, and it's all right. You, so so tailgate next weekend. We'll see for Western. All if right. you're lucky, I just there's people. I got I still got to clean up. I need, we need a Swiffer. I need to find a Swiffer. <laughs> you need a Swiffer. There's all just right. like there's like cheese in the. I don't know. Oh, that's awful. Next time you're tailgating though. Pull up. I'll get. I'll come back. Give the full report. Give you a grade for it, and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if we're uh, we're switching you out for the backup. Good. Can I give my first don't? Yeah. Give your first don't. Throw it in there. Don't show up with a bunch of random people. Like if you and I are close, right? I don't mind you bringing friends. I really don't. Bring a couple friends. We'll come over. You know, have a couple drinks. So you meet everyone. Have a good time. We'll talk about some Spartan football and and whatnot. But you can't be rolling. F- 10 people deep to a tailgate. So I think Mm-mm. I broke that rule a little bit. No, I, no, I, I just <laughs> oh, oh. said, I just said, I just said, <laughs> if you have a, if you have a couple of your friends, you brought what, three other people? That's Maybe. a, you're in the pocket. That's perfect. You're sitting in the pocket. But we had, I'm not going to drop the name, a buddy of mine from high school that I played hockey with, love him to death, goes to Central Michigan. He's, he knows exactly who he is now. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we might as well just say his name. We're rolling it. There's like, 12 people come walking up. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't, big yikes. I love, you know, meeting people, saying hi, but you can't just be bringing random people in. Like, at least ask. Will you at least ask? I don't, again, I don't care. Bring your two, three pocket friends, bring them over. I'm sure they're great people because I trust you. If I invite you, I trust you. But you're breaking that trust if you're bringing in 12 people because then all of a sudden my pulled pork goes missing. You know, where are my, where are my shoes? Oh, my shoes are in some kid's backpack who's now down the street. Can't be having that happen. Can't be having Don't it. Don't come with a bunch of random people. Can't be having it. Can't be having it. I completely agree with that. I'm going to give a don't as well. I think our biggest don't, we laughed about this one, but it's serious. Yeah. Don't, don't show up to the tailgate acting a fool. Don't we, act a fool. Don't act a fool. Don't, if, you know, if you know you can't handle yourself, if you know you have one white claw and you're going to be tripping, pace yourself. Pace yeah. yourself. There's no need for you. You shouldn't be breaking tables out here. We're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Don't break a table. Don't start yelling, playing pong. Keep your shirt on. Yeah. Keep your shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Keep your shirt on. There was a kid next door with his Are shirt off. Yeah. I got another story, too, for you for my tailgate. We had uh, the, the, the ladies next door, great people. Uh, they're phenomenal. We, had, we have a big backyard that we kind of share. So they were in on the tailgate thing. It was great. Um, they had a cornhole board. We had our cornhole boards and I got my buddies that come in and they're throwing beanbags on the roof. And I go, guys, I go, guys, what, what don't act a fool. I said, I go, don't act act a fool. fool. And there was a kid next door too. Shirt off immediately. Didn't understand it at all. And like, I I would never take my shirt off because I'm not in spring break form yet (laughs) uh, on the upper part of the body. You look great, man. You look great. Because I got the shirt on. That's why. It's it's, not true. You look wonderful. You're popping through the shirt right now. Yeah. It's my stomach. That's not true. It's the muscles. But you're right. Don't don't act a fool. And it's it's anything from, you know, if you're going to the bathroom, don't make a mess in the bathroom. You know, take your shoes off once in a while. 
Like, don't you don't need to be, you know, drinking and throwing stuff. Exactly. Don't act a fool. Don't act a fool. Don't act a fool. Let them know. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, here's another do for you, because I think the rest of the don'ts are. We have one more don't, and we have two more do's. You're, you're, you have a good do. I like your do. It's a very simple do. But oh, my do, it's a great one. My do have access to a television. Technology these days is incredible. Uh, well, you got the Hulu Live, you got whatever cable, whatever you use Netflix. I don't even know net whatever. Find a way to have access to a TV. You know, you you walk past these tailgates closer to the stadium. You got these guys with these unreal setups, flat screen TVs in the back of the truck. You're watching college game day. If you're not going into the stadium, you're still watching the game. Because the last thing you want people to do is leave and and, and now your, your your place is dead. Your tailgate's dead because everyone's going to the game. Or you don't have a TV. I'm going to go out to Fieldhouse. Have some sort of access to a television so that way you got your music going. People can stand around the TV. You can watch. And everyone's giving their ridiculous sports takes and trying to tell you why Alabama is going to lose three games this year and all this stuff. Have access to a TV. It's it's part of the experience. You need it. Necessary. That's facts. That's facts. All right. I'm gonna give our our last do here, and it's simple. It's like you said, very simple. All you got to do have a good time. It's a great do. Have a good time. And like I said, like I said, don't act a fool. Have a good time means have a good time. Drink a couple of drinks, fill yourself a little bit, dance a little bit, talk to some people. We're not here for the guys who just want to sit in the corner, you know, drinking their drink. We didn't come here for that. Yeah. You could stay at home and do that. I hear you. We came here for a good time, listen to some music, move that left shoulder a little bit. Get, uh, yeah. it, get it moving. A little left shoulder, right foot action. Get a little head bop, you know. Uh. You know, feel yourself. When some little, little Kenny Chesney comes on, it may not be your thing, but let it go. <laughs> Just feel yourself. Let let, the, let let the white cloth flow through you and yeah. feel good. Or, you know, the water, because we're keeping hydrated. Yeah. Just let it flow and just rock with it. That's a good segue, because my last don't is do not overserve yourself on the drinks and the food. And the food, especially again, if you're if you're one of those fringe people that like you're like guy number nine in your boys crew that I invited that now there's now 15 people that I don't know <laughs> in my house. There's no reason for you to be reaching for the pulled pork. I, I, I'm sorry. Like and this happened. At our, we had my buddy, John, my roommate, John. Shout out, John. Uh, Shout out, John. He brought a smoker up. We smoked some pulled pork. We got kids walking in and out just eating food, opening our fridge. Like, what are you doing? Don't, don't over, don't, not only don't over serve yourself, don't serve yourself at all. If I don't know who the hell you are, you're not eating my food. You're not drinking. Granted, we get, you know, we had a little, uh, I don't, I can't, my, my parents listen. Um, we had drinks for, That's for right. our 21 yeah. and over friends. Yes. We, we tried, we put on a nice tailgate, you know, do what you got to do there. But when we're, we're get the food is sacred. The, the chips, the Doritos, the Cool Ranch, exactly. it's all sacred stuff. So relax on all that. You don't need to be coming into my house and eating all my food. And back to the over-serving yourself, it's a long day, okay? The freshmen come in hot. They get all hyped up. They're away from their parents. You know, I don't condone it. I don't condone the underage uh, ordeals that they do, but it happens. It, it does. I don't condone it. Again, we do not condone we it. We do not condone Here it. on the Green and White We Report. do not. I will write you up. But it happens. Yeah, R.A. Julian, come knocking on your door. Coming in hot. Uh, but it is a long day. So pace yourself. Be smart. Enjoy the game. Like, you don't, don't find yourself on the internet later because you're sleeping under the bleachers at Spartan Stadium. You know what I'm saying? Don't overserve yourself. That's facts. I think that's it. I think that's our dues. I mean, we've given all the advice we can. We've been here for four years. We've seen a lot. We've tailgated a lot. We've seen the wrongs. We've seen the rights. Anything else is fair game. Yeah. Just do those things and don't do the other. I think it's simple. Have a good time. Don't act a fool. More tailgates to come this year. So take those tips uh, to mind. 
We're going to go to a quick break here as we approach our number two. On the other side of this break, we are debuting the Sparty Awards. You are not going to want to miss it, folks. This is the Green and White Report. Welcome back. I am Carson Hathaway with your Impact Sports Update. The Tigers won last night 10-7 against the Twins. They will play again today at 1 p.m. Spencer Turnbull will be on the mound for Detroit. The Seahawks traded for Jadavian Clowney. After trading Frank Clark in the offseason, the Seahawks were in need of a pass rusher. The former number one overall pick will not be franchise tagged by Seattle, allowing him to become a free agent after the season. The Houston Texans traded for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. The Texans needed to upgrade their offensive line, but they gave up a gigantic haul in two first-round picks and a second-rounder. For more, visit impact89fm.org sports. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. We're approaching our number two. I'm so glad I can say that. It feels weird. I felt like we should have ended the show. Yeah, I but know. we're still going. We're still Are pushing you okay? through. You, you still you have another hour in you? Yeah, I got like 30 minutes, 45 minutes max. Okay, we can, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. You might have to drag me to the finish line. We'll get you there. I'm starving, dude. I have to start eating before I come here. I don't understand. Like, what is wrong with me? I think the problem is, is like 9 a.m. isn't a hard wake up, but it's like... I'm like laying in bed. And I'm like, oh, it's Sunday. I can relax. Yeah. But no, we gotta get. We gotta get we gotta, to work. We gotta go. We, we gotta, gotta get, get the show. Work. Joe Danger trying to hoop after this too. I haven't eaten anything. Yeah, Joe. I'm sorry. I can't play basketball today, dude. I got nothing in my stomach. I'm running on fumes here. I've I've had like probably two cups of water in the last like 72 <laughs> hours. Um, I'm out on basketball. I'll be I'll be back though. I gotta get into playing shape. I'm not in playing shape you, right now. That's dude, the problem. You look great. You look wonderful. I don't Thank know you. what you're talking about. I needed that today. I saw you. You popped up in your Jeep to pick me up for our impact meeting. You were looking Ooh, good. I needed that. Thank Flexing. You. All right, folks. A uh, bit of a new segment here as we uh, unravel the 2019 Impact Sports season here on the Green and White Report. The Sparty Awards, pretty simple. Uh, each week, Julian and I will have a new topic, and we will each give out five awards individually uh, that fit the topic of things that remind us of the topic, or I guess would be the the champion uh, prize winners of of these awards. I think it'll make more sense as, as we go through because I, I think explaining it, I did a horrible job. It was solid. So I apologize for that. It'll work. Uh, if you want to join in, Feel free to tweet us at WDBM Sports, hashtag GW Report. Call us at 517-432-3893 or text us 517-884-8989. We do have that technology. It is 2019. So for the inaugural Sparty Awards, the topic this week is total freshman moves. Now, Julian, you have a unique perspective on this because you were a freshman once. I was, was I, a freshman. As, yes, everyone yes. Go, as everyone that goes to school here. <laughs> but you are also an RA. What does RA stand for? Resident assistant. Okay. That, I, I should have known that. That's <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, but you you see new waves of freshmen every year and in, in fresh faces that, that yeah. come into Michigan State University. Um, so you have a unique perspective. You probably see a lot of these things that I don't see behind the scenes. 
Uh, so we will each give our five. Uh, I don't know if we're, how social. We'll try to get you guys involved on social media. If you have any uh, things that you think we missed, feel free to call us in. Uh, I'll let you kick it off, Mr. R.A. Total freshman moves. All right. So I'll start with my first one. We're going we're gonna to work it down the list. This is number one. We're just going to work down. My first one is walking and sitting down into the wrong class. Yep. Freshmen do this all the time. You're walking. You're thinking. You're in some higher journalism class. You sit down. You're like, oh, this is, this is my room, right? It's not. You're not. <laughs> I had one girl the actually the other day. I'm in a journalism course. It's like it's a 400 level course, and it's super small. There's only four guys in the class, and she comes in. She sits down. And our professor just goes, "Are you in this class?" And she goes, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm in class uh, 114." And we're like, "Hun, this is the second floor. There are four <laughs> guys in this class. <laughs> you're you're not supposed to be here." And I felt bad. She's like, "Oh, thanks for letting me know." I was like, "Oh, I'm so. It's just total fresh move to go to the wrong class yeah. to not know where you're going. I have absolutely no idea what room to walk into." Yep, and that's you know, there's there's part of there's an art form to get down to those classes too because like there will be times where your professor says, "If you're not in this class, like you know, feel free to leave." You that you can't leave at that time you got to just recognize the fact that you messed up you chalking class for the day because you're not making it to your next class because if you go to your next class if you go to your your class you're supposed to be in you're walking in late and that looks bad too so you got to perfect the art perfect the art to leave the irish goodbye um that's a good one my number one i guess i'll call it number five uh to put on the to give the sparty award to uh total freshman moves dressing up for the first day of classes like i I wear what I'm wearing now, like gym shoes, shorts, yep. athletic t-shirt, and a hat, to pretty much every class every single day of the week. And it's just funny, like you'll see, you know who's a freshman on campus because <laughs> they got the, you know, they got the the, the Air Force Ones on, and yeah. they got the, they got the jeans, they got the, you know, they're wearing a coat and it's 85 degrees outside, but it goes with the outfit, so you got to wear the coat. Got to wear the coat. Even the girls too. Like I respect the move, but the sundress and. This is in ninth grade. Like you don't. It's not freshman year <laughs> high school. Like no one. People roll up in their pajamas to class. You have to understand that early on. Like there is no reason. And I get you know do your thing if that's your thing. If you like dress because there's you know you hear the theory of people like taking tests in like dress clothes or like nice clothes because it makes them feel good. God, mm-hmm. I'm not about that. I'm like yo. I'm gonna roll up. I'd be wearing my robe if I could in here trying to take a test. But dressing up on the first day is like a total classic fresh classic move. fresh move. That's a big one. Going to my next one, another classic fresh move along with dressing up, wearing your key around your neck. Yep. I get it. We supply you with lanyards to start the year, but that does not mean you put the key around your neck, people. The amount of kids that I have seen try to keep the key around their neck and still key into the door, you yeah. look dumb. You got to take it you off. You're allowed to take it off. Exactly. That's the thing. If, you need a, if you need a key in somewhere, you can take the lanyard off and then place it back on. You shouldn't place it back on. It's a weird look. Don't, yeah, don't do it. I remember when I first got here and they gave out the lanyard. My dad looked at me as I was like about to put it around my neck. He goes, boy, <laughs> this ain't high school. Take yeah. the lanyard off the key. How do you feel about the lanyard dangling out of the pocket? That's It's high school. Still high school Because high school, you walk around with the lanyard and you feel it. Some, it. Yeah. Some, some people can make it look good, but for some, it's like, dude, if you really think you're going to lose your keys, like, you're childish. Yeah. I feel you. That's a big, that's, that's like a telltale sign of like this person's a freshman. Despite any moves they make, just appearance wise, oh, landing around the neck. Yeah. Oh, welcome to Michigan State. Also having a singular key. I remember because, so we're doing this new thing in Agers where we're teaching kids, you know, first year experience, your first football game, all this stuff. So athletics came and taught them all the chance and they taught them, you know, you shake your key on third down. Yeah. All the, these kids have a singular key the and they're just like, key. ah, yeah, like you have key, one room banging key. against their knuckles. That's funny. Um, 
my next Sparty Award for Total Freshman Moves will go to asking someone, what class is this? So that goes yeah. back to your to your uh, going into the wrong class. But it's just how how classic of it is for someone to walk in as a freshman and you sit down and you go, hey, uh, uh, what class is this? Is this uh, Management 409? And they go, yeah, uh, it, it is. Just wait for the class to start. Or it's like, uh, no, this is actually a uh, biology class. You are on the wrong side of campus. I think I people do that that even aren't freshmen, but I think it just goes back to like the, the vibe and just the un, the unsureness of the freshman. Um, asking someone what class is this? Yeah, classic freshman move. Cla- that that's a classic one. They the, none of them have any idea where they're going. Yeah, they don't know what class they're it's in, cute. what room they're in. It is really cute. They're all like little lost sheep. Yeah. Don't know what's happening. I had one kid. Uh, he didn't know how to get to Wilson at first, and we're in the same class, so he had me walk him there. I was like, man. It's a straight shot down Wilson. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, probably, probably try Wilson Road. Yeah, probably. just try Wilson Road. Like they all, you're going to get to whatever place you need to go to, just go in a straight line. Uh, my next one, trying to write everything the professor says down. The amount of kids and freshmen who like have their laptops and just like try to furiously type to get every single word a professor says down. It, it's a little much. <laughs> it's a little much. Yeah. Like I get it. We're taking notes. We're being good students. But then when they also are like, hey, could you could you please slow down the slideshow? Like, yeah, it's, don't, honey, I, I got yes. time. Don't be don't be one of those people that that's like, you know what? I, I, I will say this, though. Like, I respect the move that you're trying to take down notes. And I, I, I exactly. love asking questions. Exactly. But there's a time and a place. And that's the thing is they don't they need to gauge, to gauge where like when's the time to ask questions. Like, this is not a raise your hand when we're in the middle of learning about like the human brain and you're like hey by the way when you were talking about the arms uh 12 minutes ago yep, didn't get 100%. that down you got to figure it out that's yeah. a good one i i didn't i didn't ever thought about that one trying to write down everything the professor says um total freshman move i was very guilty of this <laughs> buying all of the textbooks for classes before even going to the class i can't tell you how much money that i have just chalked yep. to not even opening textbooks because you go online to the schedule builder and you look at uh the, with the, the book requirements yeah, right, and your materials, books. and you're like, oh my gosh, I have 12 books to buy. Well, we better go to the store and drop $600, and I'm going to open two of the books. Here's here's some advice. Let me be a little bit positive about this. Here's some advice for the freshmen. Go to your classes for the first week. Mm-hmm. You'll find out what books you need and what books you don't, because I'm a required. You have the required readings. Just get the required books. I'm telling you, we are not playing these games of, well, it was recommended, and I really want to expand my learning. Do it on your own time. You don't need to spend. <laughs> watch some YouTube videos. You don't need to be spending yep. money on books, and that's probably a horrible. I mean, look, I, I'm a decent student, pretty good student, so I, you know, I, I stick good to student. the books. But I just like, oh yeah, this book is recommended. It will really enhance your learning experience if you buy this hundred and fifty dollar book. Not today. No doubt. Buy and the I, required one. Like, save your money. Because there are yeah. going to be things that you're going to have to spend. Like, I had to buy Top Hat for the first time. Get, yeah, get, dude. What is, what is this? Couldn't why, explain am, it to you. why am I dropping money for you, an I, online and class? What, and like, that's what, what I can't stand. Can I Can I tell you what I can't stand about some of these professors? That I love all professors. Michigan State's a great school. I shouldn't have to pay money to participate in your yep. class. Like you're gonna make me spend fifty bucks on Top Hat so I can let you know I'm here. I'm paying the money to be here. I I, I don't. I shouldn't have to pay extra money for the eye clicker just so exactly. you. Like, what, I'm getting no benefit out of that. Are you making money? No. Enough with the Top Hat. 
It's 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 ridiculous. It's you know just end it all. And top had all this crap. No more books. No no more books. No more. Save the trees. Professor, teach me. Make a slideshow. What happened to the good old days of having a, like a forty point slideshow and you give me everything? Yeah, the vis a vis markers you're writing on the yeah. Projector. Give me a little smart board and you start writing there. I know. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? My next uh, total freshman move. It's a classic. I see it a lot. Hear it a lot. Thinking you can get into every party. Yep. I swear, see freshmen all the time strolling up and down Grand River, thinking they're going to get into whatever party they want to. You're not. You're yeah. not. When they ask, the frat guys ask you the inevitable question, who do you know here, and you don't have an answer, you're not getting in, bud. Just say, just say like, Jim. That's yeah, all I got to say. Jim, Chad, who, who do you Brad. Know? Who do you know? Oh, I know Jim. Oh, you know Jim. Everyone knows a Jim. Do you know a Jim? I know a Jim. I know a Jim as well. So that that helps, but the 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 best. We were walking. Uh, me and my buddies were going out the other night. We were walking down. I think it's Abbott, where you have like TKE and a couple of these frat yeah. houses, and it's the classic like the entire freshman group will start walking on the other side of the street towards the house, and they'll start to just kind of drag their feet and <laughs> like, can we get in? Like, how's it looking? I'm not quite sure. But it is kind of a you know, it's a rude awakening because you're like, oh, everyone's so friendly here, and I can just go to any party exactly. I want, and I can walk into all the frats. I'm gonna meet tons of girls, and it's like you go up to the door and they're like, get out of here. Like, you, we, who do you know here? They're all up on, hopped up on steroids and whatnot, and went four exactly. logos and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting my other thing because I knew a guy who did this his freshman year. When you're going to rush a frat, just because your dad was in one does not mean you're getting into the frat. No, I'm legacy. My dad was here in 1965. Yeah, bro. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> like, was he really? Wow. Sick. Good yeah. to know. Freshman, you can't get into every party. It's okay. Do your you gotta you gotta do your time, man. Like when you, you, got when to. you turn 21, things open up for you. Put in your time. Just you know, do your. Well, actually, not not in front of Julian because you'll get, you'll get busted. But you no, know, do, I will bust you do up. Do what you got to do inside your dorm. There's room. a short. There's a short list of things that I don't play, and at the top of that list is games. So yeah, you don't play games. There's that. I don't play games. Uh, another my total freshman move. Uh, another Sparty award going out to arriving to classes in the first week an hour early. I like to get to class early on, during the first week just so I because you gotta you have to feel out that process of like okay where am I gonna sit you know what I mean like you yeah. survey the room do I have friends in this class no okay head down headphones in I'm sitting right here in the corner that's how I roll because like, like I don't I don't like to be bothered I don't want to make the awkward like conversation like, what, what major are you where are you from maybe that's why I struggle to make friends I have a lot of friends but you have I, a lot of friends you but know a lot I, of I struggle to I, I just I the class is the classroom is not the place for me like it's if I not. see you, yeah, like, you know, if we're like hanging out, like you know, I see you at a party, or like you know, we're, I don't know, we're doing something extracurricular wise. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd love to meet you. I'm, I'm here to lock in. I'm here to play school. So, uh, <laughs> the freshman though, I love walking in. Like, I was guilty of it too, freshman year. I was like 45 minutes early to every class. I promise that will kind of go away as the year goes on because sometimes you might not make it to class, freshman. It just, it it's just what happens. It happens. Uh, but the arriving to class <laughs> egregiously early is so a early. huge total freshman move. I had a, that the kid I was telling you I, I walked to the to the class with because we're in the same class. He had asked me. He goes, uh, "It's classes at one o'clock. It's in Wilson. We're going from Acres. It's about yeah, you know, like twenty five ish yeah. minute walk. I'm moving at eleven. He <laughs> he goes, "What what time you want to get? What time you want to leave?" And I'm like, "Ah, like you know." 12.40, 12.30, some, some around there. We'll ballpark it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. He's like, we don't, we don't want to leave at like 11.50? I'm like, dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog. That's not happening. 
My my rule of thumb for that is like if you have a class at twelve thirty and you know it takes a half hour for you to walk there, I always add an extra twenty minutes to yep. leaving time because I know that I'm not going to be ready to leave at, at that, that time. time. So there's there's where your extra ten minutes gets cut off, and then you have the extra ten minutes for like okay, you know if you're walking a little bit slow, you got a bad hamstring on the day, like I got a bad wheel, you got to account for the fact that you might be walking a little bit slower than usual, or if you see like a, a squirrel on the side of the road, you got to like. Yo, what's up, squirrel? Yeah, you you slow down for. yeah, exactly. So you never know. That's where your extra buffer comes in. Um, so yeah, arriving to classes early. That's right. All right. My number one, the biggest thing, I, this is the thing I see a lot as an RA, throwing a party in the dorms. Love it. I love and it. And especially, I, so I live in Acres Hall. Uh, if you know anything about Acres, it fits four people in a room, ridiculously small space. It's yeah. tight. Oh, but they like squeezing it's tight 16. In there. But you, I have seen people, like a clown car, bro, try and squeeze like 40 people into a room. Yeah. I'm like, how is this fun to you? Like, you all are literally on top of each other. Just sweating and screaming and drinking, yeah. doing illegal you got, you got, activities. You got the overflow in the in the bathrooms between the two rooms. Yeah, that's all the overflow goes like, what, into. What are we doing here? Like this is not fun. Just leave. Yeah. Go somewhere else. You just have to see, and that's the tricky thing, though. I will say about these freshmen. Obviously, you know the 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 going out scene is part of as part of being in college. But it's like if you don't know anyone that has a house, because like you're not getting in the bars. All these kids. I don't condone the whole fake ID thing. It's just not worth it. I've seen, you yeah, hear don't, some horror don't stories. Don't catch a case. Don't catch yeah, a case. Exactly. Stay stay clean. But it's like, you know, if you don't have a house to go to and you don't know anyone that has an apartment, it's hard, man. Because, like, you can't, like, don't be those kids that are just roaming the streets like, hey, man, can we come party? Because most likely the answer is no. But it's funny, man. Like, you know, all these kids are so afraid of, like, you know, getting in trouble with the law. And you're going to pack 40 people deep into room 102 in East Acres. Exactly. And, like, you got music bump. It's like, well, it's like oh, you, like, you got Julian. Well, I can imagine when you knock on the door, it's a lot of, like, oh, like, we're just hanging out. Like, it's it's nothing. It's like, okay, well, your room reeks of alcohol. Yeah. And there's 40 people in here and there's music blast. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, watching The Bachelor? Like, exactly. like what is it? I know what's going on in here. I've seen, you know, people try to hide girls everywhere. Hide them in the back room. <laughs> yeah. Hide them in the shower <laughs> like we know what's going on i'm not playing this game like yeah. and the it, thing is our it's ridiculous our are people too like you guys are just trying to help out exactly with, you know what i mean like you're not trying to bust anyone and you know there's sometimes like if you're blaring music and throwing a party like bro, how i can't not stop at your door like if you're blasting you know a little two chains you're blasting a little mom bamba and right. i can hear it from down the hall yeah you can't not let that like i gotta say something yeah fair enough uh fre- freshman dorm parties <laughs> again dude that's where like when I talk about like oh I, I going back to freshman year, those are things that you appreciate now as a senior of just like playing that game of just being scared out of your mind, like trying not to get caught in the dorms, like having a yeah. good time. But yeah, that's a good one. My number one, the last Sparty award for total freshman moves, asking to go to the bathroom in the middle of a lecture. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I don't think it happens as often as I'm probably making it out to be. But my freshman year. I was in a class at the business school. I don't know what the N130 or N100. Don't remember what class it was, but someone like raises their hand during lecture and they go, yeah. And he's like, can I? And he knew this person knew no that way. they like sh- probably should have been asking, but I, it's a different transition. Like you're used to raising your hand. Can I go to the bathroom? Your pressure goes, I don't know. May you go to the bathroom? Or like, can you? So raise your hand goes, uh, can I go to the bathroom? Professor's like, Yeah. Go ahead. And so the kid <laughs> yeah, leaves, go. and the professor was actually like, because it was mostly a freshman class. I think it was like a 100-level one, a class. But the professor was like, yeah, guys, you know, like, don't be embarrassed. Like, it happens. But you don't have to ask to go to the bathroom. Like, people just leave, the, like, to get out of class. You know what I mean? Like, you can just leave whenever yeah, just, you want. Just get up. Which is crazy. Like, just get up and go. So 
Wow, that's it. Total freshman moves. That was good. That was great. The first edition of the Sparty Awards. The inaugural edition of the Sparty Awards. I think that we should send out some we should send some awards out to people that are doing these things. I think. You know, if we if we see we someone should. with a land and go, Hey, congratulations, you've won a Sparty Award. That's amazing. I like it. I like it. Get yeah, get at us on Twitter if you got some some other topics you want us to do. We missed a couple things. Let us let us know. We yeah, these are gonna be great. I like these a lot. Yeah, we're doing it every week too. So right at right at noon, uh if you, if there's only if there's only one thing that you want to listen to, then check out the Sparty Awards. It's a good time. Uh there are some things that we missed this summer. And I know it's been a long time and summer's slowly ending here because it's freezing outside for for being honest. <laughs> I was shivering. I was when I woke up this morning, I was shivering. I had my window open. I was like, oh, it was like 80 degrees yesterday when it was cold. Uh, summer is is somewhat behind us. There's a couple big storylines we want to talk about. I just throw a little throw a little two cents in there. Uh, here's your little summertime by Will Smith, as you requested. As we get rolling here, this is a good vibe. This is a good vibe. It's a bop. It's a vibe. Uh, we talked Blues winning the Stanley Cup. I know Joe Daniel is in studio, and he wants to talk about uh, Andrew Luck here. That was a big story. Andrew Luck it's retires. A huge story, man. Uh, that was shocking. And like it's just because like you're a couple weeks out from the regular season on, on football. But Joe, I'll get you in here. I know you want to talk about it. What's on your mind, brother? Okay, so the What's Andrew, on your mind, brother? The Andrew Luck thing to me, um, it was one of those things where I it was so out of the blue all of a sudden during the game it broke and then it comes on that Sunday. I know it was only two weeks before the season, but it was really just honestly, I would have to say this. Honest I guess the the word I'm trying to say is that I think it was very courageous of him to be yeah. able to do that, to be able to no step doubt. away from something that you spent. And think about how many hours and how much time he'd put into getting to the highest level of the game. And to at 29 years old, I think, or not even, maybe 30, to just step away after the last, I mean, ever since he probably was eight or nine when he started playing the game, right. all of that 22 years to go into that and then to just step away, I think that takes a lot. And I... I mean that those that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, there was a weird mixed reaction, and you had your your idiots on Twitter that were just like, "Oh, how soft! Like, what a millennial thing!" That's such a lazy, stupid take about him walking away. This dude's hurt all the time, and it's painful as a former Andrew Luck fantasy owner. Which, by the way, that kind of stuff is funny. Like the people that drafted him, like the day of, and then yeah. he goes and retires. Like that's that's tough. And the guy that I saw on Twitter that he he put up a bet in for like a grand that Andrew Luck would win the MVP. Well, he's not going to be playing this year. Um, I agree with Joe. Like it is a, he's a very, very smart man. Grant, he went to Stanford, but he just someone who's always thought the game at a very high level. But I think to have the wherewithal and self-awareness that like, look, I've been hurt like almost every year of my career and I cannot mentally and physically put my body through the rehab mm -hmm. and trying to get this team organized and continue to learn the system and improve, especially when like, you know, after he announces his retirement and then he gets booed off the field like that to me is just ridiculous. So that was, that was big. Cause like we don't, he is probably the biggest name. I mean, I know Barry Sanders retired early Calvin, but like during the year like this, when he's about to go play, like, that's crazy. And if you're a Colts fan, I mean, Jacoby Brissett's a pretty decent option to have at quarterback, and I'm sure they'll try to figure things out as time goes on there. But the Colts were supposed to be good this year, man, and now they probably won't be. I don't know, but, like, that was weird. I agree. I agree with both of you. I think you both said it really well. It's courageous to go. The Colts are supposed to be good with Andrew Luck. This is a guy who's in his prime. He's supposed to be back. You know, they have a chance to make some noise this year and to just – to retire, to call it quits before the year starts. I mean, 
it's courageous. It it takes a lot to say, I don't want to put myself through this anymore. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's it's one of the things about football that I think a lot of people are starting to realize, starting to look at. And I mean, I think sports in general, it's a lot of wear and tear on the body and a lot of when you get hurt, you got to go through rehab both mentally and physically. Like it's a lot to just get your yourself back to where you were beforehand. That's sometimes more work than just playing in a regular game Seriously. is bringing yourself back to be in at least 90% shape to play again. And, I, you know, it takes a lot to be able to say, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I want to have a future down the line that isn't me constantly rehabbing my body. And I think that was big. It's big for him, and it's big, I think, for a lot of athletes to know that they do have the ability to say, I just don't think mentally, physically, I can do this anymore. And yet, all those people who talk trash about him, who booed him, like, get out of here. Yeah, seriously. Get out of here. <laughs> that's that's a bad look for Colts fans. Uh, staying on football, though, this was fun. To, either way, I have not watched the most recent episode of Hard Knocks. I have not either. But great, great summer drama with Antonio Brown. God. I I'm curious as to what I I, I want to hear. Okay, so let's let's start with. Let's start with the whole Steelers saga. As yep, far as yep. him him leaving, getting tra- or getting traded, and now him and like Ben Roethlisberger have this back and forth. Like, what do you make of all that stuff? So at first, I was not with AB, and how that all went down. Now, as we get more and more separated from it, I I have, I think Big Ben is just toxic. Okay, he's a toxic guy to play with, a toxic guy to be a teammate with, and I really do. I don't know if AB went about it all the right way, right? But I definitely think Big Ben. An awful teammate. <laughs> like, I mean, I, he, he's not a great person, I don't think, to begin with. And I don't think he's a great guy to play with. And I think that's a huge reason as to why people don't want to stay there. The trash he has talked about AB afterwards, and even apparently I think during the season, is is awful. Like, bro, yeah. like it, it's awful. So I un, I understand that piece of it. Okay. How about the feet? The cryotherapy? That's of course, ridiculous. The skin. That ridiculous that, how I like, got his part or like <laughs> it just like how does that happen? Yeah, anyway? how does that happen? I will tell you. I have my uh, my uncle have you Steven done it? Okay, is a is a uh, partial owner of a cryotherapy like spa whatever. Yeah, so I you know support you know support the family. I go out yep. there and I hop in there. You're in there for like two three minutes because I think any longer and you like die and people die in those things because it's like ni- liquid nitrogen. So yeah. they, they you can't have your phone. You have to keep your head above a certain height because there's been stories of like people will be on their phone and they'll drop their phone in the thing and they'll go bend down to pick it up and they pass out and they freeze to death because oh, they're passed geez. out. So yeah, crazy stuff. Wow. Well, I felt like a new man. It was crazy. <laughs> so athletes do it, but apparently he wasn't wearing like the right. Shoes or whatever. Socks or, or Socks, shoes. Yeah. And like his feet were just frostbit to hell, which was like disgusting to look at. Yeah. That like, I don't know how <laughs> it's like things happen. Like Joel Zamaya like broke his wrist like moving boxes and like playing Guitar Hero. Like I was a part of that whole thing with the Tigers. Like that's yeah. things happen. Like athletes do stupid stuff. You gotta you gotta know better than like wear like wear the right shoes. I just like one I'm sure he's done this before. So how do you just yeah. forget the shoes or the socks? Yeah. And then depending on where he was at, what kind of cryotherapy they don't they didn't supply you with with shoes or socks and you didn't yeah. then ask, hey, do I do I need shoes or socks yeah. while Should I'm in I this? cover my like, skin at all when I'm sitting in this negative three hundred degree yeah, chamber? Yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of questions I would have asked before getting in without the necessary yeah. things to wear. But it's just like the fee thing is like so Antonio Brown. Like just like, yeah, what, like yeah. how does this happen? You know what I mean? So I don't know. He still can move. Like watching him in hard knocks, like the dude. Whether or not, I don't know what kind of skin he's got on his feet now. <laughs> if he has any skin on his feet, but like they look still... bad, man. That yeah, that picture was, he posted. It was gross. Ugh. It was gross. I guess the biggest thing now with AB is the helmet. What do you think about the helmet? It's just dumb. 
just dumb. Like, bro, like the NFL's awful already with all this helmet and CD <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And like, they're trying to help you like protect yourself. And he's just like, ah, no, nah, I want my really awful helmet that has been proven to be yeah, awful. Might kill me. Yeah. But, yeah. And like, I, I get it. Athletes are partial to some of the equipment that they wear. And, you know, whether it brings them luck, a lot of people play, I think, with their old high school helmet is, I think Professor Gershner was telling us in one of our journalism courses. And I get that. But, like, when someone is telling you the equipment you wear, the helmet you want to wear has a better chance of killing you or <laughs> actually, like, yeah, helping, leaving... helping concussions occur. Yeah, like, I really, you should just be like, okay, awesome, I'll, I'll switch. I, I yeah. probably, like, I don't understand. And from what Professor Gershner has told us, they, like, they tell the players beforehand what helmet is good and what helmet's not good so like he has known that his helmet isn't good yeah and has just continued to do it well we've seen tom brady like make that trade like there were games where he would wear the new like, speed flex helmet like the one that's yeah. certified safe and he wear. i think him and antonio brown wear the same their old helmets were the same i think and so you know he's made that transition but it's like I get it, man. I'm all for for like you being comfortable, and I think if you're mm -hmm. a pro athlete, you know, if you want, if you if you're willing to put your body in, I will say that I think if you're willing to put your body in danger like that, like granted, some helmets are better than others. Yeah, I think if you're if he wants to wear that helmet, he should be allowed to. But you have to sign something like, dude, if you get CTE in the future, you can't come back at us and be like, yo. Like, what the hell? You guys didn't protect my head. Well, like, we tried to, but you didn't want to. But it's just such a distraction to the team, and I, I don't. You watch when you watch Hard Knocks to get the inside look, and you watch the Raiders play in the preseason. He's a good teammate. Like he's he loves playing football. I think he does, but he is just kind of like a prima donna, and it's it's I don't know. It's kind of crazy. For like to to it, it's weird. Like it's just why? What are yeah, we talking about? Weird. Like how's the sports story? But it is. It was a sports story over the summer. Um, let's move into some basketball. Because a lot of stuff we didn't even get to talk about the Raptors winning the championship. That was a pleasure to see. We got a lot of things here, like Raptors winning the finals, AD to the Lakers, Kawhi and PG to the Clippers, Kyrie and Katie to the Nets, Taco Tuesday with LeBron. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's tons going on. I don't know. I'll you take it wherever you want, but we got to talk about some of this stuff. I, I mean, just I don't even know where to go. There's so much that happened, and I, I think my biggest thing one ups to Toronto. Everyone in Toronto. You got you got your championship. Yeah, amazing. sorry Kawhi's gone, yeah. but hey, you got one. Yeah. Drake can Drake can rap about it in every song he has out now. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, he can throw that in there. Yeah. So big ups to Toronto, uh, taking down the Warriors. I mean, to all the people who have been like the Warriors ruined the NBA, it's over now. So get over yourself. I don't want to hear you talk about it. Be on that soapbox anymore. As far as all the moves, man, the league is wide open this year the, I, the, I don't think there's one team that you can say oh they're definitely winning the championship coming into the yeah. year i mean there's just so much movement so much going on i don't i don't think the lakers are gonna win the title they are contenders uh i think they're missing a couple of pieces Kawhi and pg to the clippers like the way that all rolled out and the way that unfurled is just ridiculous to think i guess everyone thought you know toronto had a chance to keep Kawhi, and it turns out they they maybe kind of did i don't think they really were in position but to see that move on and pg to go Oklahoma City, I'm with you guys. I'm signing back and go. Yeah. Actually, Kawhi just calls. So I'm, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, see y'all later. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's this is. I think there was always that big thing of like, oh, the NBA's too lopsided, like the West is whatever. Yeah. But now, like, even a move like Russell Westbrook going to Houston, like Houston immediately becomes better. And now you see a team like that in the mix that like has always been there, but like needed to take that extra yep. step. I don't know. I mean, like Russ and Harden is gonna be. Interesting to watch. Uh, but yeah, dude, work. there's again, like as you said, 
Props to the Raptors. It was great getting because they just play basketball the way it was supposed to be played. Like they play good defense. They spread the ball around. They don't have like a bunch of studs. It's it's it was Kawhi and I mean Siakam came on the scene this year. Like you got Fred Van Vliet. Like it was it was cool to watch. I'm glad that they won. Um the Warriors now, who knows? But even still, you've spread the talent out so much. Yep. Like again. KD and Kyrie you have in, in Brooklyn. You have uh, Steph and Clay still in, in Golden State. Now with and you bring Russell. in d Like, the Pistons got D-Rose. Let's who knows? go. Yeah, that team's knows? definitely winning the a Pist- championship in, like, 2008. The Pistons reloaded. 2011. Yeah, if you if you were to tell told me uh, back in, like, 08, 09, that the Pistons were going to have Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, and Michael Beasley, I would have been like, oh, what my, a squad. Like, why are they ever going to lose a championship? They're not. But... That's um, a super team. <laughs> crazy. Like, all the moves. Everyone knows what happened. Uh, it kind of stings that DeMarcus Cousins is out for the year again. And now he's got some issues with, like, his girlfriend. So, like, I don't really want to get into all that stuff. But that would have been great to see him on the Lakers. Because I, I was rooting for him just to get back to form because he was such a great player beforehand. Yeah. Um, I, dude, I... I don't know, man. The Lakers, like, people are, I don't know. It's such a weird mix. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, the Lakers are sweet now. And then people are like, they're not deep enough, like, they're whatever. Not, they're not, man. Like, LeBron and AD, I need LeBron LeBron, and AD I, is enough. I need LeBron back in the mix. He's, he's going to be in the in. mix. But I'm just going to say, I don't think Kyle Kuzma is, like, the next guy. Like, I really, he's not, that's not a big three. Yeah. And then you still got Rajon Rondo. No one else. Like, there's just nobody else. Yeah, but Boogie Cousins is out. It's gonna be a fun year for the NBA. It's gonna be so it really good. is, it's and I like these so Christmas good. Day matchups, like oh. opening night, gonna be awesome. Last thing I want to talk about over the summer: uh, United States women's national team. Let's go, World Cup champs. Yo, dude, I have never been more hyped watching. Like, prepare, just say it out there. Soccer, I, it's not the thing that really gets me hyped. I'm, I'll just be completely honest. That's like fair. I watch games, I do, I do my homework. Sports journalists, we're out here, we're watching everything, but it doesn't get me hyped. Yeah, watching this women's World Cup team, your boy is hyped about soccer. I, I Megan Rapino, absolutely fantastic. I fell in love with Tobin Heath. She might, she might be my favorite player of all time. Yeah, I, I, I'm just in love with this entire team. They can do no wrong. The celebration videos after they won might be the greatest thing I've ever seen. There is nothing. I don't know if you've seen any, any of them, but I think it's a. I think it's, she's a goalie, Ashlyn Harris. She recorded like a lot of Snapchat videos and then oh, just yeah, getting yeah, yeah. absolutely lit yep. uh, in the locker room. It, it was just the greatest thing this summer. I you see, like I'm not a not a soccer guy at all. I didn't watch a second of the World Cup. I don't really. Think, I don't think I watched any of it. Wow. I, and look, dude, I'm an I'm an American. I know the U.S. women's team is dominant, like disgustingly, just like they just crush people. Like, no one wants to play the U.S. And I love it. I take pride in that. I support the team. I really do. I watched a little bit of like the England game. I think it's just like I. It's hard for me. Maybe my brain's too small to like get behind the sport. <laughs> but it's you have to like. I take pride in that because you know it's like we 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 didn't have to win the World Cup, but we did. Like we get to say we did. But it's just so like how American sports is it for us to just like. This team wins wins the the World Cup and immediately it's like not even about sports. It's like it's like oh well you know they're they're we're celebrating goals against whatever team and like how bad of a look is like show some class or it's oh, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan Rapinoe's too outspoken like that she shouldn't it's like how typical of 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 America just to like completely go on on that route. So it was there was a there was a lot about like a lot of buzz about that team now, off the field especially like it was but it was cool man like it's 
you know, obviously the men's team's got to figure it out, but like that's that's always cool. Even though I'm not a big soccer guy, shout out the women's team. Yeah, man, it, it was it, it was it was so great. I don't I I was glued in, locked into every game, yeah, bro, and it was. It it was so good. It was so good to watch it. And you know, to to the to the people out there, to the men's team, yo, pay the players of the <laughs> women's net. Pay them, bro. The women, the men's team lost to what? Was it Trinidad, Tobago, yeah. something like that? Yeah, they got ousted. They got ousted. Women's team's putting up number chips. <laughs> pay Not a good luck. them. Not a good look. So that was, I agree, probably the coolest thing to happen this summer. Now that we're all caught up on summer and we have some more football to talk about, which we will talk about. On the back side of this break, if you want to join the show, tweet us at WDBM Sports, hashtag GW Report. Call us at 517-432-3893. Text us at 517-884-8989. Do not go anywhere, folks. Joe Dranyan is coming in to talk some college football and look at Western Michigan against Michigan State next week. This is the Green and White Report. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Ryan Rabinowitz, Julia Mitchell, Hikaru Kudo behind the glass. About 25 minutes left. We've been, gosh, man, this has been a long show. I love this it, has though. Been long, like, though. We've been pushing. We can't complain because we've been pushing for this. It's been good, though. I feel like we've we've done a really good job. We've added some things. We're making it work. My computer almost died because yeah, it wasn't prepared, dude, my, but I like I'll it. I'll tell you, like, do you, do you have a Mac? You do have a Mac. I do got a my, Mac. Like, I, my laptop, like, doesn't keep a charge ever. I don't know if it's if it's me or if I've got too many apps going on, or if I'm pirating too many movies. I don't know what it's what's going on, but I I can't I I I don't know. It's a mess. But uh, about 25 minutes left here. Uh, we are rolling through here. We got to get back to some football. I mean, college football is back. This yesterday was yesterday was one of the. <laughs> Best days of the year. It felt just good. Just because yeah. I played a I I you know, we watched Michigan State Friday night and then I, I, I play around the golf on Saturday after I watched some of the noon games and I just came back and my friends like, Oh yeah, you wanna go out, like whatever. I'm like, Nope, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna football, bro. sit here. Uh Joe Dandre, thanks for being on. What's up? Hey. Life also, is good. Man, yesterday you're right. Yesterday was because Michigan State played Friday. There's no, you don't have to worry about the covering the game or anything. Yep. Yeah. Saturday, you can just, I literally was, I sat on my couch. I was supposed to like go work out in the morning and I literally sat on my couch from what time? First game, 12, they start yeah. 11 a.m. Yeah, 12, yeah, 11. 12 and 12. Yeah, whatever. I think it, from 11 a.m. till 4 p.m. I did not move from my couch. I just had the. You, lo- you love to see it. I, I mean like as much. And then I, and then I walked to IM East to go work out and it was locked. It was closed. So it's then closed. I went back and watched more couch. IM East is closed? Yes, today. What? Yeah. For what? Oh, I don't know. That's ridiculous. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. just ridiculous. I do have a question for you. How'd the call go the other day? You you were on with rookie Eric Bach. How, oh, how was man. the call? I will say this. Eric Bach calls a great football game, and it was wonderful working with him. My first time calling a football game of any level. Hey. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wow. So, I never called. I'd never done a broadcast of a football game, of a high school game, and to do that for the first time with a college game was quite the experience. Um, You know, I mean, there's nothing better. Any sporting event. I've called a lot of college basketball games here at Michigan State. Um, and there's nothing better when we opened up the window in front of us and the fans started filing in and you could just feel the crowd. It just gets yeah. you juiced up. Yeah. There's nothing better on a game day 
than being up in that booth. There is nothing better. I'd like to get in the booth before I graduate. I said I want to. I want to try some play by play, but like I, I, I mean, like some even hockey. if I don't do anything, yeah, some hockey, some baseball. Uh, baseball's great because it's slow and my brain can process, and I can, <laughs> like that's that's what's that's what would help me out a lot. But it's more his speed. Hopefully, hopefully people are like on vacation and stuff for like the I don't know if we play Rutgers at home, like the Rutgers game. I can go. Oh hey, we can cover. Yeah, we get hey, Hikaru just dropped in. He's gonna make it happen. Yes, I love that. By the way, Rutgers won. A fuck a game, no, a football and, game, and like I wanted big, to touch on that, like, like big later. So yeah, so we'll okay. Let's jump into college football now. I have to do it because I'm gonna, I'm freaking out. Uh, what team impressed you guys the most yesterday, or I guess over the weekend? Let me kick the gel first. And I know this is like a sneak. This is kind of a. I feel good about this one. Maybe other people <laughs> beat me to it, but the University of Northern Iowa. Who I? <laughs> they're, you always see them in the tournament, don't you? Like, and yes, like yeah, the purple and yeah, yeah. The, they were. They used to be, and I, I believe it was the Mississippi Valley Conference with Wichita State when Wichita was pretty good. Those two teams had a lot of great mm-hmm. battles back when Wichita State had those really good years. I think about that, like 14, 15, 16 range. And University of Northern Iowa, I was flipping through the TV trying to watch some games because obviously I've got a lot of ties to Columbus, so I was watching the Ohio State yep. game. And, I mean, it was a blowout. It was in blowout fashion at that point. The first quarter is 28 nothing. So I'm flipping around looking for a game. And all of a sudden, I flip on Iowa State yeah. and University of Northern Iowa, and Northern Iowa was up. It was like 13-10 in the fourth with like two minutes to go. And I'm like, I got to keep this game on. Yeah, Iowa State was ranked for the first time in the preseason AP poll since 1978. I was going to say, I was like, I've never, I, you see Iowa State in basketball too, but it's like football, really? And Iowa State, who, Iowa State had a couple of good wins last year. They had a couple of good wins in previous years. I mean, remember they beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And Matt Campbell is a great coach for Iowa State. And Brock Purdy's a great quarterback, too. But that team, with the expectations coming in, Northern Iowa, is who, they impressed me because that defense played wonderful. The defense, I mean, it was 13-10 late in that game. And Iowa State's, like, a pretty good team. They were good last year. And, man, that's it, tough. Iowa State ends up getting the win 29-26 yeah. in triple overtime. And the freshman from UNI, the kicker, hit three field goals. Clutch. In the, I believe, Love three field kicker. goals in like the second half to make that game. So it was 13-13 going into OT. And then he hit one in the fourth. And then Iowa State came back and, and went back and forth. I actually didn't catch the last OT because I had to leave because I was going to go try to work out. And then East was close. <laughs> then East was yeah. But, I mean, I understand how random that game is. But Northern Iowa can play. And Will McElvain, the quarterback, had only 1.1 yards per carry in the run game on 34 rushing attempts. They had like thir- it was uh, no on 31 rushing attempts. It was 34 yards total rushing, and to have that kind of run support was really good. Yeah, I mean, and still almost take down an Iowa State team. They were just battling, and I, it was a really fun game to watch too. Um, and then also UCF, Brandon Wimbush, the Notre Dame transfer. UCF put up 62 points. A team that a lot of people had questions because Mackenzie Milton, his knee. I mean, he's still not back from the really gruesome leg injury we yeah. saw last season. Oh. And but and UCF got six touchdown passes from three different quarterbacks in that game. Wimbush led the team with three. That's a really deep team. They're going to make some noise in the same conference as Tulsa, the American Athletic Conference. And I, Julian, I know if there are any teams who surprised you yesterday. Surprised me? I was I was a big big impressed by Nevada. 
Nevada to come back from, I think it was 24-7, uh, heading into halftime to come back and win that game on a final kick, final field goal attempt there, 34-31 over Purdue. I think that was the only loss for the Big Ten on the day was Purdue falling. So I was just was really impressed by Nevada, especially their uh, starting freshman, first freshman quarterback to start in a season opener uh, for Nevada was Carson Strong. And to be down uh, 24-7 at halftime and to be a freshman and to lead that team back, I thought that was just really impressive. I uh, I'll say this about the opening weekend, and it just is what it is. Like you have their matchups, <laughs> yeah. where you're scrolling through, and you're like, "What game am I supposed to watch?" And I, I Iowa St- or Ohio State was winning like twenty eight to nothing within nine minutes of the game. It was a mess. But as far as teams that impressed me, and I hate to be cliche, I'm gonna go Ohio State, and the reason being is because for whatever reason, I feel like this entire summer, all I've heard about Ohio State is like, yeah. You know, they're still good. Obviously, they're ranked like top five, top six, whatever they are mm-hmm. uh, coming into the season. But it's like, oh, Urban's gone. They're going to take a step back. And if anything, they took a step forward against uh, who they play. What what, t- what team is Florida this? Atlantic Florida Atlantic University. Atlantic, yeah. Lane Kiffin. FAU. I, where Lane Kiffin's career went to die yeah, at FAU. <laughs> yeah. um, but Justin Fields, and I have this in here in the notes because I wanted to like talk about it separately. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it in here to what impressed me. This kid is out of control. Like, he's going to be a he's problem. Good, and for anyone that's sitting there like, Michigan's going to win the Big Ten, or, you know, Ohio State might be a two-loss team, Get I, I, things happen. I get it. It was only one game against FAU. This kid's out of control. Like, I, I mean, I, maybe, am I, am I overreacting to this kid right now? Well, no, I mean, I think that's a very fair reaction in terms of the fact that it's the same scheme that Urban Meyer ran with mm-hmm. Braxton Miller, yeah. with JT Barrett, with Car- Carnell Jones, and then eventually... Dwayne Haskins that I mean it's just simply a guy he's a five-star he's talented he's got the perfect scheme to fit his skill set great runner and at 6'3 220 plus he's got great size and speed I mean and a lot of people question his arm strength too but I just think he's I just think he can absolutely ball yeah he he impressed yeah I completely agree I remember watching him in QB1 uh, I don't know if anybody else watches that, but dude was fantastic in that series. And, you know, I'd been waiting to see him at Ohio State, and they just reload again. And I definitely think, you know, looking at Haskins and watching him play all throughout last season, I think that's a big step when you're coming in as a QB to have somebody already great and to kind of watch them and watch how they play and then follow in their shoes. And I think this kid's great, and he's going to be really good. Now, now, we're talking about Ohio State. We probably should get into some Big Ten stuff. I know we don't have a ton of time because we could talk about college football for hours and hours and hours. Um, I'll start with you, Joe, because you are a resident college football guy. What did you see from the Big Ten teams on Saturday and Friday? Well, I mean, every offense played well, it seems like. I mean, yeah. you saw Rutgers put up 48 points mm-hmm. against, I mean, if we're being frank, just, you know, like the redhead stepchild thing. It's like, you know, it's like they all played against really bad teams. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But I believe the Tulsa defense, who Michigan State played, was one of the best. When you look at Penn State, yeah, they put up 79 points. Well, they played Idaho. (laughs) You look at Rutgers, they played UMass. I didn't even know UMass had... I thought they were an FCS program. (laughs) I I assume they would put up a fight, like Massachusetts. I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) Who knows? But Maryland, of all teams, there was a lot of points put up in the Big Ten. Illinois looked really good, 42-3 win over Akron. But Maryland, 79-0. And the Virginia Tech transfer, the quarterback Josh Jackson, who had a couple of really good years in the ACC at Virginia Tech, looked great. He had four touchdowns, 200-plus yards, and this team could really make some noise. I think they're going to be much improved from last year. Minnesota didn't play that well, only the one-score win, and I, Iowa didn't really look that good either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And of course, Michigan crushing Middle Tennessee State, who went eight and six last year. But I don't know. I mean, the Big Ten in general played well. Purdue really just they played so good. Their quarterback threw for four hundred plus yards. Yep. Rondale Moore had one hundred fourteen yards at half. Fantastic, yeah. But he only was held to like forty yards in the second half, which was huge for that Nevada team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Big Ten looked good, but at the same time, they're not really playing anybody good. You right. got to wait till week two or three to really get an idea. I mean, even Nebraska didn't look that good, and they played South Alabama. Right. I agree. I think, and I, Joe, one of the biggest things I think Ryan and I talked about before the show even started was Michigan. And a lot of people have come into the year saying Michigan, oh, easily a college football playoff team, easily going to make it, this is the year, Patterson's going to be great, Harbaugh's ready to go, everything is perfect in Ann Arbor. But for me, I continue, and I think Ryan agrees with me as well, continuously look at this team, and they've lost a bunch of players, and like every year, they've had the same amount of hype, and it fell short. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like every year, analysts and people are hyped about this team, and it, it's nothing. Okay, Michigan. I give, I give credit where credit is due. I gave credit to Michigan last season against Ohio State. My dad is a a huge. My whole family are all huge Ohio State fans, and my dad looked me in the eyes and was like. Michigan is going to be Ohio State in Columbus tomorrow. I remember back when Michigan got smacked. Yeah, I remember, and I was like, oh, it's going to happen now because he never says that kind of thing. Yeah. And I give credit where credit is due. And Michigan was good last season. They were. But they're not, I mean, and they still are talented. Mm -hmm. Donovan Peoples-Jones, they've got guys, they've got names. But this team is really, to me, you're going with the same hype every year. Yep. They're not that good. I'm and I maybe I and I'm I from I'm saying that from a very objective standpoint. Middle Tennessee is not a necessarily bad team. They went eight and six last year, but I mean Shea Patterson is obviously a really good quarterback. But this Michigan team, I just don't think can put it together. Urban Meyer still technically works at Ohio State, doesn't he? Well, you're still going to be seeing him at that football game, and Jim yeah. Harbaugh has never been able <laughs> to do it. Yeah, I, I I it's like to me. I don't mean to cut you off there, but no. um. I it's I don't say this because I'm a Michigan State fan. Like, I grew up a Michigan fan, full train. Like, I, I seriously, I was. I was unfortunately my mom grew up in Ann Arbor. I was brainwashed. It was this whole thing. I'm fine now. I've gotten help. <laughs> I've sought the help that I needed. Um, I uh, agree with what you're saying, Joe, because I try to look at this objectively. Because how easy is it for me to go? Yeah, Michigan sucks. Whatever. I hate them. Like I don't. Whatever. Exactly. I'm I'm looking at this team. And what was the best part of their team last year? The defense. The defense. And you lose Winovich, you lose Bush, you lose Rashawn Gary. Okay? Those are three names that are an NFL caliber guys that you're losing on top of whoever else they, they have lost on that team. And last year you play Ohio State and everyone knows what happened with that defense. The best defense in the universe. Um, I just look at Michigan's biggest problem is that, you know, it's just the narrative of like, they're the best team in the world and they, you know, they're the whatever. That's just that's just what they do. And they don't really back it up. So I you have to come into every year with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think Jim Harbaugh is a bad coach. I think he's the right guy to be at Michigan. Um I just don't think that I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. I'm sure Michigan fans are like, why can't Michigan beat Ohio State? I don't have a great answer for you. I think Ohio State's more talented personnel-wise. I think their coaching staff's a bit better and more polished. I think they're just one. Maybe they are, you know, whatever. Every say about them, like, not playing the game the right way or whatever you think about Urban Meyer being this, that, or the other. But the fact that all of a sudden these analysts are like, yeah, Michigan's the team to win the Big Ten this year. They're the team. It's the same thing every year. 
Like it's it's they have these high expectations, and the best thing about Michigan fans is they find a new reason to sell you on why they're good this year. Like this is the year. Like oh, we have Harbaugh now. Oh well, last year wasn't great, but now he's got his guys. It's his system. Oh well, now we have Shea Patterson. Like oh well, now Patterson's in year two. He's gonna win the Heisman. I just don't yeah, see it. 100%. And watching that game, I, it was so poetic for for Patterson to fumble on the first play of the game, and then Middle Tennessee goes on the goes down the field and scores. I just think that people need to pump the brakes. The Big Ten is going to beat each other up this year. They are. And I get that Michigan has Michigan State and Ohio State at home. I just don't think that this team, what I saw offensively, they have some great, I mean, Tariq Black, they have some great receivers on that team. I know they got a new running back that they're very high on. Patterson, uh, they're missing a couple guys to injuries too. But the defense is not close to where they were last year, and that's going to be your biggest problem, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you've got Josh Gaddis calling the plays also for the first time ever, yeah. and with that comes the learning curve, with that comes mistakes, and I think that you will see those throughout the year, just as you will with Brad Salem at Michigan State. Completely, yeah, I completely agree with both of you guys. I think they've lost a lot, and I don't get how you can look at Michigan, see they've lost a lot, and still say they're going to win, but then you look at Ohio State, say, oh, they lost Urban Meyer, and immediately just drop them to the bottom. Yeah, like I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I get Urban Meyer is a fantastic coach, but as you both said with Justin Fields, it's just the same scheme, and you're just plugging in players. And if the players are good, hands down, it's going to work. Yeah, recruiting will take a hit because yeah. of Urban Meyer's talent as a recruiter. You saw it at Florida and you saw it at Ohio State. But you're not going to see those you know, regressions in recruiting for two three years exactly. down the road because you've still got his guys. Mm-hmm. So I think when Ryan Day's lack of, I mean, if there is whatever lack of whatever Urban Meyer had, your personality, what I don't know. But whatever that lack, that drop-off, you're not going to see it for a couple years with Ryan Day, at least exactly. in my opinion, because he would be... I mean, I, Ryan Day is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he would change a scheme that's been working so well that won them a national championship. Exactly. And to top off the show, as we're going to transition here, the top of the show, Ryan and I gave our thoughts on Michigan State taking on Tulsa on Friday night. Joe, you were there. You were on the call. We want to get your thoughts and your expert analysis. We need you to break break it down for us. What we didn't say, we need you to <laughs> get say. In the film. Yeah, you know, let's break down some film here. But no. I mean, I'm expert analysis. Thank you, Julian, but very far from <laughs> very far from that. Um, six of nineteen on third down, one of four on fourth. That was Michigan State's efficiency on the two most important downs in football, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. that's you can't do that. You can't against a Tulsa team. Granted, this team returned returned 172 starts on defense with eight seniors. A very, very, very non-Power 5 defense that's super experienced. They were good. That defense was very strong. But I didn't like what I saw efficiency-wise from the offense. I think you, they weren't putting guys... I don't also think that they were putting guys in a position to succeed. I think that Daryl Stewart, Jalen Naylor, Larice Nelson, three guys who are great breaking to their routes, great getting separation, weren't allowed to make the separation they needed to get the football. They were given the ball in space... And then, you know, pretty much just gave them the rock on whatever, on screens or whatever, and told to do something, but they weren't getting blocking downfield because the O-line is struggling so much. So Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not able to get to that second level of the, when you're on offense, you're not able to get to the second level to the heart of the defense and make big chunk plays. We didn't really see a lot of chunk plays other than the Ladarius Jefferson run that, I think it was like a 27 yard run. Yeah, I think so. And the run game averaged, I think it was like 3.8 yards per carry. Like you can't have that. Michigan State always prides itself on a run game, but you can't have that happen. And I get 
also in Brian Lewerke. A lot of it can be pointed to the uh, offensive line. AJR Curie was supposed to start, did not play with injury after being slotted as the starting left tackle. So Kevin Jarvis is slotted at left tackle to start the game. You know, they had a bunch of different, I mean, I think it was for three of the four scoring drives, they had Jarvis left tackle, Campbell at guard, Buter at center, Higby at right guard, and Reed at right tackle. So Matt Allen on three wasn't even playing center on those. And that's interesting because he's a guy who a lot of people were high on coming into this season. Um, I mean, the offense just, there's, I think that people need to chill out a little bit because I think that it's going to take time to implement a new offense. Brad's obviously not a new offense. It's still the pro style, pro style base that we've seen in the past. But Grant, but Brian Lewerke is not Connor Cook. He is not Kirk Cousins. Right. You know, they're asking, I think they are asking him to do what he's capable of. I think he's capable of a lot more. We've seen the guy throw for 400 plus yards in back-to-back games. We've seen mm-hmm. him win games with his arm. But, I mean, like a couple of those throws, it was like, why don't you have Naylor run a streak? Why don't you try to break guys and get people downfield? But I also just think that this wasn't within the plan because he's never, D'Antonio's never really been a guy to take chances. And when he did, he had Connor Cook as his quarterback, probably the best starting quarterback at Michigan State in the last 20 years. And, I mean, obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins makes a case for that. But statistically, Connor Cook was one of the best. So when he had him, he could do that. With Lewerke, I think there's deficiencies in his game that you kind of have to cater to in terms of throwing the football, especially after the shoulder injury. You know, I mean, I mean, do you guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I guess then that leads me to so you are, I don't want to use the word hopeful because you're not hopeful, but you do believe that the offense can turn it around yes. going down the line. Yes, I think that as soon as the offensive line gels and comes together a little more, I think that will completely change things. I think Ladarius Jefferson has to get the rock more. He's a more explosive running back mm-hmm. than any other guy you have. He is. And Brian Lewerke did a lot of good things with his legs. He did what we saw in I do, 17. Yeah, I will agree with you with that. He was rolling out to his right. The first, I remember the first pass play of the game. He was rolling out, and it was a rollout to his right, and he threw a great pass. I think it was out to the flat on the right side, like to the sticks. And it was a great throw to the outside, away from his, like, I mean, it wasn't across his body, but it was a good throw, and you saw him do so much of that 17, in 2017, and it was successful. And I think that once he builds that confidence back, once everything starts to gel more, this offense could really be good and really take mm-hmm. shape because they have guys at wide receiver. They've got talent at running back. All the skill positions, they've got a lot of talent. And tight end looked so much better just in that game alone. I heard you talking about the tight end group, and I thought that they contributed more than I took note. They were being targeted more than we saw a lot of last and, year. I can't, yeah. deal, I can't deal with the dropped balls all, all year long again. And I, Sokol, who's the, who's, our, who's the tight end? That's now? something that's going to happen, and I think, that had a lot, whatever. I think that had a lot to do with the defense of Tulsa. Those linebackers were mm-hmm. swarming. Zayvon Collins, Cooper Edmiston, those guys were at the ball as soon as it got to the line of scrimmage. They had a really swarming. The second mm-hmm. level of the defense was completely yeah. crowded by Tulsa, and I think that had a lot to do with us because Lewerke gets a lot of yards off run after catch mm-hmm. in the passing yard category, and a lot of guys weren't able to do that because as soon as they caught the football, they are getting swarmed. Exactly. And one of the things, you know, Ryan and I brought up was this lack of energy or confidence on the offensive end. And you've been at practices. You've had more of a look at the team than we have, aside from this Tulsa game. Have you kind of seen that from the offensive side of the ball? And I'm sure they're all kind of tired of getting questions about what this offense is going to look like, or why is this, you know, such and such happening? Do you see a confidence level on that side of the ball? Is Brian Lewerke, does he look confident again? I thought from the get-go, he was quicker in his decision-making. I thought as soon as the ball was in his hands, he was going through his progressions faster. To me, everything seemed to be clicking a little bit more for him. Because last season, the guys weren't able to get separation, and guys weren't really getting a ton of separation Yes, in on Friday either. But... 
I thought that from the get-go, he was much better at getting the football out and making plays. I just thought he looked more confident, but I yeah. thought the rest of the team was kind of crumbling around of him. And I think it starts with that continuity. You're still getting mm-hmm. your repertoire with your wide receivers, still figuring things out. You know, you saw a lot of, little bit of arguing between the guys in the field. Mm-hmm. And in practice, I mean, it's hard when they've kept the offense so under wraps to know. And I think that, you know, it's only time will tell for this team and this unit. I think it's the confidence is there with Lewerke, and it has to be there with the rest of the major skill positions and the offensive line, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talking MSU football on Impact 89 FM, WDBM East Lansing. Sticking with us here as we're wrapping up the show for our final couple of minutes. And Ryan, I'll kick it back to you as uh, we get started with predictions and wrap-up for MSU football football getting ready to take on Western Michigan. Yeah, so Western Michigan comes to town next Saturday, kickoff at 7.30. Thank you again for that. I don't know who does the schedule, but that's great. 7.30 kickoffs are great. I love it. No more noon kickoffs. Happy about that. Yeah, noon kickoffs. At least at home. Uh, Western Michigan beat Monmouth yesterday, forty-eight to thirteen. John Wassink is the name. Yes, John Wassink, the quarterback. Western Michigan is uh, one of the best in the MAC, if not the best. He had five touchdowns in the game against Monmouth, and he could be really good. This offense of Western could really give Michigan State's defense some problems. Okay. Any prediction for me, score-wise? Um, as much as I just said, I did say that Western's offense is going to give Michigan State's defense some issues. This defense, which took things to another level this year, I feel like. Um, I think it's going to be like they'll put up 20 points, but I think Michigan State will put up about 35. I think it'll be a Mm, 35-21 win for the Spartans. I think uh, two of those scores, you get a pick six, and you get a fumble recovery, scoop and score in that game too Okay, by Michigan State. All right, I like that. I'm going to go with Michigan State as well. I think I'm going to go with a little bit of lower scoring. I just feel like both teams will kind of cancel each other out on that side. I'm going to go with maybe we're like 24 AB 14. Okay. 38 7. 38-7 Spartans. You heard it here first. You have been listening to the Green and White Report brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM for Julian Mitchell, Joe Dandron, Carson Hathaway, Hikaru Kudo. Join us next Sunday and every Sunday for at 11 a.m. for two hours from here until eternity. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next Sunday. You have been listening to The Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org sports.